Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And here we are after a fantastic long weekend, another great round of football and a short turnaround now, Boxhead. Football back on tomorrow. Well, yeah, short turnaround for those teams who played yesterday, but I think both all, all four of them play on Sunday. So what does that make it, a five-day turnaround? I think it'll be probably yeah, the tough, war- definitely. The, the Warriors and the Roosters. Storm lucked out. They've got to buy. What do you do? <laughs> no, no, they've lucked out. It's good. They've got to buy. Uh, Roosters, Warriors play each other, so both of them will have the same travel, same situation at least, I guess, in that regard. Yeah. It's probably not a bad idea uh, in the way they've scheduled that one. And who are the other two we're talking about? The Dragons. Uh, the Dragons are playing the Dogs yeah. on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So they've got the long turnaround as well. So Yeah. Yeah. And then Melbourne, like you said, the way with the buyers work this year, sometimes are early, sometimes are late. They've got their first one after eight rounds, so... Uh, probably not a bad timing for them after starting with some injuries, getting another win, five and three, heading to a break. But uh, the Anzac Day games in particular were outstanding. They were, they were. Two really were good excellent. games. Uh, there was other good games across the weekend as well, no doubt about that. The Thursday night game between the Panthers and South, who have had some great matchups over the recent years, was good. Cowboys held on in a tough one, in a much-needed win as well. Uh, the Eels, bit of a late fight back, can't say it was the greatest. And then obviously... Uh, the crazy game between the Dolphins and the Titans, or I think the Dolphins have equaled the biggest comeback of all time, which was 26-zip Panthers-Cowboys. We were at that game, so, the Panthers-Cowboys game. In yeah, was that the, I was going to ask you that. Was that the yeah, one? we were. We were there. Dad took us there, and I remember it very clearly. Well, I would go. have been yeah, 12, you would have been 8. I saw some highlights the other night, and I was like, I don't know why this looks familiar, but now you've said that. Yep, we that were there, sense. my friend. So we were there. We were there. But what we'll do, uh, because we've got the short turnaround, similar to what we've done the last few weeks, that we know... Big rant on the set of six. Any sort of topics will merge in mostly with the teams as we review their games. Yep. Um, and again, I think most things across the weekend similarly have been covered or there wasn't too much drama and can be covered off in there. So let's jump in. Uh, thanks to bluebet.com.au. There is no one better than the true blue bookie. And for the charity account, bang, bang, hit a double. Uh, split it between Manu, Cherry Evans. Both scored, I think, now... $588 or something like that. I haven't checked the exact balance, but another 120 something dollars Good. into the kitty for our charity of choice this year. And first win on the app. Um, had a few teething problems the first weeks, but I got the bets up the last few weeks. have gone down multiple times by one leg because yep. they obviously uh, want me to throw in three or four legs, but got one on the weekend. Had Sharky's minus nine and a half and then took 12 and a half on the Warriors and Souths. So... $4 plus, I think that one paid. So if you're on that one, keep following it on the uh, the app and hopefully we make you some cash. But again, thank you to bluebet.com.au for their support as always for us and our charity. But do remember uh, in regards to your gambling that what are you really gambling with and for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let's jump into our power rankings first up. Thanks to the Penrith... 
Solar Center, don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Let Jake and the team there provide you with the highest quality solar solutions to tackle your bills. Call 1800 2029 30 today or visit www.penrosolar.com.au. I've bumped up the Broncos to number one. They've been sitting at two, sitting at two, sitting at two. I've bumped them up to one. That may only last a week because of their opponent this week, South Sydney, but for this week, I've bumped them to one. Yeah, I haven't. I've still got Penrith at one. Yep. I've got uh, South at two now after their win the other night and building nicely, and they're still missing some middles. But again, just on a week-to-week yeah, basis. Yeah, I've got South at two. I've gone South at two, and I've got Penrith at three at the moment. Okay. I've got uh, Broncos at three. But again, they're all very interchangeable based off results, but... Uh, yep. Happy with those ones. Number four, I think last week I had them at five, maybe. But I've just swapped the two. Storm, I've put up them to fourth. And I've put the Warriors down to five. Last week I yeah, had them so, yeah, four, yeah, five. Yeah. Um, again, the Warriors get a couple of calls, don't have all those injuries. I think they probably win that game last night, but um, it is what it is at this point in time. Number six, the Sharks have held their spot from last week. I don't think they're overly impressive, but again, wins a win. Yeah, yeah. Still building. Yeah. And then the last two are similar the last few weeks. Two teams come in, two teams gone out. I've done the exact same thing again. So the Eagles and Newcastle both gone out. I put the Dolphins and the Roosters back in. Dolphins at seven and the Roosters hold on at eighth again. Yeah, I'll throw the Roosters at seven and I'll leave Manly at eight. Yeah, and I know they won, uh, but I'm just a little bit worried a little bit about what we said in the preview, which is the unfortunate thing. Uh, when there's question marks around Tom, I've got question marks around them. I think they're... Still pretty reliant on him, and if not, the other one that they sort of seem to crutch onto is Ola Kawatu at this point in time, who's a fantastic player, and surely in contention for New South Wales with some of the injury and form that's going on yeah. this year. But, um, yeah, I just think for that reason. And Newcastle, super brave again, but unfortunately didn't get the result. So not uh, not too far off, but there's your power rankings. Thanks to the Penrith Solar Center, the reviews of the games from the weekend. Let's get moving into those. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road at Bat Street, www.sinclairhyundai.com.au or give them a call on 47600603. Toby and the team, let them get you moving. Some cracker cars down there at Hyundai. First game we had was that game, which has been so good the last few years. Souths up against the Penrith Panthers. And uh, I guess this one for me sort of surprised me, trying to reflect back, you know, four or five days now in how Penrith got it into that style of game that we expect and we talk about this week to week. They love the cycle. They love the set for set, grind you down, start to wear on you. And Souths were the ones who come up with first blood. Um, and that's generally not what you associate with Souths. They're generally a team when they get in that kind of game, you can wear them down, bust them up defensively. That's um, the big criticism we've probably had the last few is that against those bigger teams, can they you know, hold pressure, sustain pressure, not get frustrated when they're getting bogged down in attack and not getting out of yardage. But in this case, they end up cracking them first. And... You know, Cook, smart bit of play. Mark is on the line. He just saw Eisenhuth take one step and took that one-on-one. But I really, really felt like we're just going to see a case of deja vu when Crichton scored on halftime. Because it's felt like so many times that any time we've seen Seattle, they get a lead like they did in the prelim, get into an arm wrestle, look like they're going to win, that if Penrith had just stolen it off them. So the way he got that try where, you know, that 20 or so metres of grass behind him, they were man on. Should have been an easy solve, but Crichton just pushes around Tast. The other two guys, I think, around him were Cody and that were turned outside in. Latrell's not quite in the right position to get across and cover. No, Tast needs to make the tackle. Yeah. But I, passive and he should have made the tackle. I just sort of felt 
again, like after all their work again and things feeling, it just had that feeling about it again that maybe they won't get the job done. But yeah, I don't get feelings. It's just like it is what it is. You need to make that tackle. You need to solve it. Mm. And let's let's be honest, like Penrith win that game easily if they don't lose their centre. Because the issues at the back end of the game all came because they had to put Salmon at right centre. Sorry, they don't they don't lose their left winger. Have to move Crichton across, which I thought was an error, because that's the side that South go to heavy. So if I'm solving a problem, I'm solving left wing. I'm not solving right centre. So yeah, and I think that was a a big error. Uh, and South were good enough to. So what, to would, what would you have done? Would you have flipped Crichton? Well, you leave Crichton where he is. Like I would have put Salmon at left centre and moved the centre out. Yeah, that's so what I left Crichton where he was. Yeah. Shift the back row out and just try and solve it that way. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think for Penrith. Who's left, who's left back row for Penrith? The last few weeks. Well, the other night, Hosking was on the right. Didn't Sorensen start? Like you could even move, move Sorensen out and move into the centres. Centre goes out. Anyway, but, you know, that's hindsight. South had to be good enough to to get him, and they were. But I I just thought that was a that was a huge error because Crichton essentially didn't see the game. I guess to be fair to South though, they did get them when they had that edge still assembled a few times. They got Crichton to jump in early on one of those plays where Trell did the old bulldozer when they got a bit of cover and scored, and um, they obviously had the kick contest as well. But that left side shape, you know, it's coming, and even with that sort of reshuffle that like you're talking about on that last play, felt like they. Pretty much did the job they needed to, but the two guys that come across and cover didn't get the ball. AJ pops his arm free, and I think the one I really give a rap to there in that situation is Cody Walker, because he just never quits on a play. He wraps around two or three bodies to get there for that pass, which eventually gets the one-on-one with Edwards to send Tass off to win the game. Yeah, I just thought that's that's where the game was won and lost, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, There was also... A little bit of criticism, I guess, of Penrith's attack. I thought there was a lot of early kicking for some reason. There was a few times there they kicked on three or four in good ball, not exactly in yardage. I didn't quite understand that. It's a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I know, again, they're missing a couple of guys as well, but it's also the same thing we've talked about the last few years, the depth situation. A lot of people have been iffy on the games they've had so far, and, and this is what's going to happen. Teams that are close to the top end this year, they're going to have closer games with. I know they're blowing out a couple of teams at the back end and they had the rusty start and they're getting a better form but you put Martin back in you put Fish back in etc they're still very competitive at that top end but the week to week consistency we saw the last couple of years and people bringing up they've already lost as many games as they have in the last couple of years well that's the reality when players leave and you get stripped thinner and thinner so yeah. just for, our, for the time oh, being I, I, like I picked South to win it so yeah. I wasn't surprised by what I saw no but they're going to have to be better than that to beat them at the back end of the year mm. because I felt as though, yeah, situations and sort of leaned in their favour. They were good enough to win. Mm. They've been close multiple times against Penrith, so yeah, and it's like always a cracker game. I don't know why in the hell the draw is that they've both played each other now twice until round yeah, you've nine. Left. Now we're not going to see Sam play for another five months, you which think I think is pretty post-origin, like we always talk about. You sort of know who the top end is going to be. You might be wrong about one, or there might be one that's shaky, but you can always sort of tell four or five teams are going to be right up there. Yeah. So you'd think you'd save some matchups, whether it be Roosters. I, don't, I don't even care about that. I just don't think you should you should ever have a team play each other twice, twice in the first eight weeks. if they haven't played everyone else once. Well, we've had some you know play within the first five weeks twice. Yeah. But I'm with you in the sense of even you draw though. You know the middle part of the year origin affects it. 
So I want to have my marquee matchups in the last eight yeah, and sort of the first yeah, eight. Marquee matchups work their way out as the season goes on. As yeah, well, I get that. But I mean, who's going to be good and who's yeah, going to be bad? But there's still some natural rivalries on natural games. Like yeah, of course. South Roosters, they always yeah. play first and last round. That makes sense to me. It's a huge game. Well, not always, but yeah, most well, most, most of the time. time but yeah. they don't play them during Origin. They play Storm Roosters every year during Origin, which never has any idea to me or any sense with the way they've been the last decade. Yeah, it's stupid. And then you've got this game, like you said, they've already played twice the rivalry they've developed the last few years. There's certain games I think you can look at and figure out, all right, we want this in the first date or the last date, clear of that origin period. Yeah, that's, you, we're going much deeper than my point. My point is that it's ridiculous that they've played each other in the first eight weeks. Any team, any two teams should not play each other in the first eight weeks, mm. twice. But uh, yeah, good win. And I guess for them, same deal. Exercise a couple of demons. They've been beaten by Penrith a few times by that sort of prelim game. This one... Eight minutes left, had to come back the eight points, obviously come up with those two tries. So I guess a confidence builder and similar deal to Penrith. They got a couple outs as well. They've had really no consistency in terms of the middles they've been able to roll through so far. Liam Knight hasn't been available. They reckon he's going to be close to be back this week. Junior Tatola has literally had basically two starts, gone off injured twice. They certainly need him. He's an underrated part of what they do. Um, so I think they'll be looking forward to that and... I guess on the Penrith side, like we said before, Martin, indefinite at the moment. We don't know. He's gone from the calf to the hamstring. Fish, they're hoping, round 10 or 11, have to wait and see. And no idea about Taruvi yet, but his one was just rolled his own ankle coming up there. So mm. he's been quite good for him so far. And we obviously know that May's out for the year, so they're going to have to find someone to roll in there. Yeah, yeah he has been very good. From their cup team the other week, was it was Jenkins a center or a winger? He's playing on the wing. You think he'd be the one they'd probably roll up? Yeah. I haven't really looked at their cup team this year to think about who'd be the next man up. But uh, without Taylor and without Taruva now, they're obviously going to have to put somebody in there. Yeah. So he might be uh, the guy. Yeah, he, we, you'd, you'd think he'd be next man up. Yeah, without looking again at the actual lineups to see. Uh, New South Wales Cup meals available. But I think for them, um, Crichton obviously, as he does, had another outstanding game. Got a hat-trick, kicked some goals. Did get beaten once or twice defensive that edge, but he was really good. Edwards is busy. Thought Lenu made a really good impact on the game. And then Yo just does what he always does. He's got through plenty of work. Unsung, 45 tackles, 190 metres. But on the flip side, that sort of game from Latrell is what frustrates me about Latrell. There's weeks where he's just doing enough. He actually turned up with a bandage bonnet the other night and won't make a difference. And I know we see it in Origins and we see it every now and then. I want to see it more often because that's the sort of impact he can have on his team. He was outstanding the other night. Yeah, um, he was. He was good. Like I said, good for Tass as well. You hear all this talk about Jack coming, which we'll talk about soon, which looks like it's actually happening and where his position is. And he had a few moments in the game where he got beaten on that and then he gets to throw, obviously, the final punch there and back up on that try. But, yeah, I think AJ, Alex Johnson's had a pretty quiet start to the year. He had a few good moments. Cook, Cody again. Um, the one I think he's been playing really well, and we've talked about it like off air a few times for me, Harmey Seller playing some really good footy. Yeah, he so is. in terms of some of the the value buyers they found, awesome good middle guys, and we talk about them lack of middle. They need to keep him because he's still fairly young and playing some good football. They're still upside there, definitely. So I think he's off, but uh, I thought he had a pretty good game as well. But we move on from that one. Broncos Eels twenty six sixteen for Para. Um, it's just the first half, and I know a lot of people saying afterwards, "Ah, oh, come off bounces, come off this, come off that." They still got rolled through way too easily. It sort of felt like they were a little bit, you know, passive to start things off. I know they struck back early when Brown rolled that one through through Gutherson, but yeah, they just got rolled up through the middle way too easily. Carrigan and Haas kept rolling through. Man was pushing through the middle. They sort of just 
looked like they were just flooding that part of the field for the back 20 and probably could have come up a little bit more. But, um, you know, you can't knock effort plays like the one that Staggs made for Mam or the bounce of the ball is cruel sometimes, sure. But they banked those points and poor Sean Russell, that bomb just grew on him and dropped it backwards there for Herbie to pick up a gift. I guess the second half sort of reflected where Parra would have been at if they started a little bit better. Yeah. They found himself right in the thick of things. They went at Brisbane like we talk about it week in, week out, now that if you make it tough for them, you can certainly make it a contest. And the only points they banked were two penalty goals. Um, but I guess the big talking... It's too little too late, though. Yeah. The big talking point out of this one, as has been every week the last few weeks, is the three hip drops, the differences between them, how they'll penalise. Uh, for me... Like the man one's your classic example, and I know a lot of people keep going on about it. Like, oh, what do you want him to do? He's a small man. You can drop your weight, but you need to drop it to the side, and you can't hang off the back and just catapult in the back of his legs. The hop good one turning towards the try, like I know his legs got off the ground, but again, I didn't think it was terrible. But with what they're counting as a hip drop right now, well, he's been done for a couple of them now as well. They've got him, but the harsh one to me is a complete joke. That's a rugby league accident, and you can't rule those out. You've been bumped by a guy who's trying to score a try against low, and you've literally fell on him to try and get the ball. He didn't mean to do what he did. I know the result is horrible, and Campbell Gillard, who to me should have been a shoe-in start for New South Wales, is now going to miss eight to ten weeks. But just it seems like everything now, anything to do with the legs or any sort of impact on legs, everything's a hip drop. And I haven't seen the charge yet yet, but I think Haas during the game didn't get binned, which a lot of people also bring out the point, which I agree with. Just what because someone else already went to the bin and man, they didn't bin him at the time. But after the fact, he gets suspended. Again, we're bitching well, about consistency, right? You're never going to get it. Well, it has an so, impact on the game, though, because if that I is understand if that. that is a hip drop, two people should have been in the bin. Parrish should have been tackling eleven yeah, players. We've never had a connection between referees on field and match review either. So, so but, and they, they change things every year, and they they still never achieve it. Because at the time, like I think it was the correct call to me. It's an accident. But then afterwards, now he's been suspended. So I I'm just confused. I really am. Um, but the hip drop thing, I don't want to talk about it because, again, those three and everyone arguing about it and looking at it, it's just it's more and more confusing by the week. But it's I, not. But like, a hip drop is a hip drop. You can. It's pretty easy to decipher what is and what isn't, in my opinion. Where, where everyone is getting the knickers in or not, like you are, is in the consistency around penalties on it, sim binnings on it, and suspensions on it. And everyone's sort of saying that, well, we need consistency, we need consistency, we need to know what it is definitely. But if it impacts the result, you have a right to get. There's a lot of things that impact the result. Because a whole heap of things impact the result. Watch the second half of the storm game. What's your refereeing in that? That impacted the result. There's a lot of things that impact results that are outside of the control of the football team, which are outside of hip drops and outside of high tackle penalties. And you know, look at the Victor Adley one. There's a whole heap of them that are that impact the result that aren't necessarily right, but and that we want consistency on, but you're never going to get it. So I just think teams need to just worry about themselves and focus on how they can control the result and the rest of it. You're never really going to have, have control over Leave that to the administration of your club. Let them deal with it. Because I think it's, it can be distracting in a way. I thought the Roosters got distracted by it post-game yesterday. Like that was a good win. Um, and, you know, they've, they've got comments from Radley and then Tedesco and Robinson in the press conference, which, uh, you know, they shouldn't take away from the result. But, you know, all the press today is going to be about that. Um, and all the talk shows tonight, will no, no doubt, will be, we'll be talking about that. So yeah, well, if you want consistency, you're not going to get it. Simple as that. 
we'll talk about that more when we get to that game. But Brisbane here, uh, first half, like we said, just took it away from them. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of games, but they shouldn't have been able to roll through them that easily. They completed 15 to 16. They were better in the rain. Racked up the points. I know for Parra as well, a lot of people brought up. That was their third game in 12 days. Probably shouldn't happen with the way the draw works. Um, at this point in time, you think you'd have a little bit more control on it. But yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't ideal for them. And I guess coming out of this one again now, Paulo missed a couple of weeks and they really loaded up him and Campbell Gillard early in the year. Now you're going to miss Campbell Gillard for an extended period of time. We already know that they were struggling with their middle rotation or their bench, so it's certainly going to hurt moving forward. Definitely. And they've obviously got this cloud hanging over him with the whole Hodgson situation where they sign him. Plenty of positive talk around him. He's one guy that they certainly went after early. They flooded him through the middle. They got over the top of him a few times. Hands comes in, playing pretty good football, sort of eating into the minutes. And we talked about it at the start of the year. I guess for them, they took a gamble, but at the same time, they were also smart enough to ensure themselves with a club option. So they've got him for one year. They've paid him pretty good money. Yeah, 600k but with next a, year is their option is with it? a club option they can basically just shut this deal straight yeah. down and they've just signed hands what for two years yeah so yeah. it's very much within you know this control here where a lot of people bring up the Marnie thing they should have paid him right, right, right. well he went for 750 dollars if they didn't value him there that's one thing but in terms of long term they haven't stitched themselves up here they've taken a gamble on a guy that used to be one of the best nines in the competition off the back of injuries which was a risk but they insured themselves with the club option that it could possibly only be a 12 month deal so it's still very early, uh, but the signs are so far that he's clearly not the player he once was, and if they want to go that way, they'll open themselves back up 600k in cap space. I, I guess the real issue when we look at all these situations all the times is nines don't grow on trees. That's probably, I reckon, the hardest position to find depth in, or players full stop. I know a lot of people talk about halves. It's halves. It's not nines. You can I, find I, a nine. Oh, I don't know. I think nine, nine's just as bad. They're hard. Opinion. No doubt about it, but... Yeah, and especially I think now it's more important than ever you have three on your roster and you're looking at their situation right now they've basically got two one's a rookie and the other one's yeah but they were happy to let Mahoney walk yeah for the money they could have have signed him and that's the argument we had at the time about where they prioritise their money so you've paid Moses a stack they paid Gutherson a stack before that Um, thought would have been smarter to probably put a little bit of money into you know other positions or a couple of those back rows like Murata or Papaliti that they end up letting go but Situation is what it is, so see how it plays out. But yeah, club option in their favour. A lot of people have been talking about that situation. But for Brisbane, well, put simply, they're going to let him go on on current form. Yeah, on what's going on right now, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, but for Brisbane again, another win. I think it puts themselves four clear at the top. Second half wasn't the prettiest, but more importantly, they got it done. And I guess the first thing we're going to see this week for them is a couple of injuries. They've been pretty lucky so far. Bar Oates, who come back, he's injured again. I think they said there's a knee problem, so he's going to miss some time. Mam got a week and Huss got a week. But I guess for them, the positive here, they picked up uh, Jock Madden, who apparently has been playing well in cup, and they're happy, so they're going to roll him straight in. You'd think Arthurs would come straight back on the wing after the job he did. Yeah, you And would. then middles, they rolled a few different guys through so far. More than likely, Ken and Palace or someone who's already played some first got to come back in. So for them, I guess it's one of those situations where you look at your depth and where you're at and go, okay, we'll, uh, we'll get a bit of a gauge this week and they're playing South. So mm-hmm. it's probably a good week to sort of test their, their medal in the situation they've been in. But yeah, second half, there was the fight back, obviously, with the sin bins. Parramatta got really close to the back end there where Moses sort of scrambled play five, had some offloads, and that pass to Russell was ruled forward and that pretty much shut it out at 26-16. But... As I said, the, the big thing for a lot of people is bringing up the situation that Haas doesn't get 
been to the time it gets charged after the game. They should have been down to 11, but it is what it is. It's fish and chip paper right now. Uh, but for the Broncos, those guys, like we said, Haas, Carrigan, outstanding. Herbie Farmworth, very busy. Oates on return. Reynolds is control again. And for the Eels, Campbell Gillard started great before that injury, which is cruel. I think Madison's been really good since he's come back. Um, obviously. It has been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even they, they got him a bit more on the ball once that reshuffle with the injury to Bailey Simonson in the centre sort of thing. But him through the middle and his work. Um, Lane's warming back into things. And Gutherson, like we sort of talk about every week, he's just extremely busy. But yeah, that nine situation and how they channeled Hodgson, um, that minute share and how that moves forward will be interesting to watch. Yeah. But Sharks, Dogs, 33-20. Yeah. I feel like I can say the same thing every week for the Bulldogs, and that's just the effort was there, but they don't have the cattle. And for Cronulla, I can say the same thing most weeks as well so far, which is they've just sort of been frustrating. They seem to be able to put their foot down or come up with points almost at a whim, but then they'll let in a soft try or come up with an error or a penalty, and every time they look like they're going to blow this game out, they sort of let one back in. And um, Again, first back-to-back win of the season. They've had Hines miss a little bit of chunk of time, and a few little shuffles themselves, but I don't know. I guess I was probably just expecting a little bit more at this point in time. Um, it doesn't get a whole lot easier like the Cowboys who are desperate. They'll be playing this week, and I'm sure for them, they'll want to want to get the win after what happened last year. But in this game, again, it just felt like they're left a little bit in desire. They're, they're, they're real football. Their best football is really good. Kennedy on some of those plays and the way they come up those three tries. Nakora. You can't say he's underrated, but I still don't think he gets anywhere near the amount of reps he should get. He's one of the best back rows in the competition. Yeah. Um, some of the lines he ran and the offloads that he provided. We know what they get out of the backfield. Like, Mully Taylor had a blinder again, but also come up with the biggest probably stuff up of the game where he outstretched his left hand going into the corner, mm. which was pretty surprising. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's one of these games where I look at it and I don't know if I can take much out of it. They played an understrength Bulldogs. They did what they had to do, but I sort of felt that they should have gone on with the game. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, um, but probably their picks, like you said, Kennedy, that hat-trick in his form this year. Really smart decision by them, obviously, to get that extension done because if they would have held out and looked at what was going on or what happened in the off-season, uh, obviously with Lachlan Miller, who they chose to move on, or the talk um, around you know the injury with Dykes, which I, I guess we don't know. I, I still think they would have pushed to get a deal done, even if it was two years with him around. But looking at what's played out so far, it was definitely smart to get him locked down. If you're talking open market right now with the situation with you got Parramatta talking about wanting more X Factor and just the importance on that sort of position, he'd be very sought after right now if they didn't get that deal done. So I think if you're Cronulla, Fitzgibbon, you're very, very happy about that. Mm. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, Nakora, similar deal. I think he's been close to, if not the best back row in the comp. He's been brilliant. Uh, Hines, like I said, had some moments in this game. Mooley had the errors but was also very, very busy in the wet. Um, but I guess for them, looking at that same thing we've talked about, Origin, it's potentially Hines and not much else. So if they can get through that period, that's where you think they really want to rack up some wins again because there's not much else that's probably going to go out the door for them. Yeah. Uh, on the Bulldog side of things, I guess the real big topic here, which everyone keeps talking about, every week now it seems to be Flanagan's gone, Flanagan's gone, Flanagan's gone. It hasn't happened. They put Burton in the seven this week. I honestly don't really see much of a difference. They both still play one side of the field each. I thought he ran the football a little bit more, but I also thought Kyle ran the football a little bit more. I, to me, at this point in time, it's just ripped the Band-Aid off. Let's be honest. They've tried to sell him for two years. They haven't been able to sell him. They've made it abundantly clear he's not going to be there. So if you've paid all this money for Oluapu, I know, in my opinion, I'd probably hold off until you get some troops back or wait until the back end of the year. 
But if this is the way you're going and there's constant talk about it, I think it's just time to make a decision. If he's not going to be in your halves moving forward, if he's not part of your plans, if you want Burton to be more so the seven for now, to blood this kid in and let him play on one side of the field, I don't know what they're waiting for anymore. Because it doesn't come from nowhere. And there's been enough talk around it for three years now. There's no doubt in my mind, we all know he's not going to be there next season. Yeah. So, yeah. He was named in the reserves again. He got dropped back down to Cup. I think they named it one. I didn't see the game before he played at one. I think similar to last week. They sort of named it that way, but it was Hetherington actually didn't play at one. I think Iraj had played at one. We've obviously seen him play one and six as well. Yeah, well, I had Zach at Mounties last year. There's no way Zach was playing one. Nah, but I'm just saying, the way they named their team last week, this week they pushed young Papaletti back to yeah, the Yeah, that's just stupid yeah, game that they play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Papaletti is a good players. young player. But I don't know, how do you feel about the situation with Kyle? Like, at this point in time, knowing after three years he's probably not going to be there, would you put Oluapu in and just start building forward, or would you rather him come in four or six weeks' time, back end of the season, probably play eight games, when hopefully you got some Well, if they troops? thought Oluapu was the player, they would have picked him short at the start of the year. Why wouldn't they be playing him at the start of the year? Well, I think, again, off the back of COVID forward. and the lack of footy, he's a kid. They've let him play cup first and he's you've seen him first there. The bits I've seen, I think he's been pretty good. Yeah. I don't there's know. a big difference between cup I know and that, But I'm more saying... I think Flanagan's doing a decent job. Like, I don't... Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. But if you're moving him on, which is pretty obvious they're going to, at what point do you pull the but trigger? Are they? Yeah. I don't see why if you've been trying to sell him for two years that you'd suddenly be re-signing him and keeping well, him is it, I think it's a money issue though, isn't it? It's not... Like Rajab surely gets upgraded next year. I don't, couldn't believe they didn't upgrade him this year instead of a Reynolds. I wouldn't be keeping Reynolds around for another 12 months. You've already got Olapu who had to pay half a million dollars to get a transfer fee, let alone contract. So I think your stocks are in Rajab and Olapu moving forward in terms of your depth positions. I don't know what they think of Bailey Hayward. He didn't start in the team this year, but he's moved in and played a little bit of halves, a little bit of nine, a little bit of everywhere. But I think if there's two guys I'd have pushing up into one of those positions, it's probably one of those two internally. Yeah, you might might be right. I don't. But it's just I think a, the issue. The issue since Gus has sort of got there has been Kyle's wage. I don't. I don't think it's been that they've they dislike Kyle. I don't think Kyle's nah. an NRL player. I think it's more. Value for money around what he provides and how much money he's on. That's the thing, though. I don't actually think his deal is that terrible. Like from what I What's heard, he getting paid? again, again, I'm pretty solid on most things, but the dogs I don't have as much known about. But originally, my mail on it was it was three years, basically a million dollars. So he's on about three fifty years, something about that. I don't think that's terrible for a half. Oh, is that all he's on? Pretty sure that's all he got there. The Roosters was a bit bigger, but the Roosters obviously cut bait very, very early. Yeah, okay. So I don't think his deal's that well, it's giant. Not tragic. Huh? But in terms of their salary cap and the way they've constructed, well, I would say that's a good, that's a good deal for him. But yeah, then you talk about what they've done with all the Arpu and the money they've spent moving forward. Um, big money on Kikiau, big money for Crichton who's on the way, and big money upgrade for Burton. Yeah, they've sort of loaded up their cash, and we know that Pungai, who was there before his time's also. Well, on what big you money. really need to do is we we need to make the um, make it very clear. Like he's not in your top end NRL halves, which is clear, right? Mm. But it's quite obvious, like when you start comparing him to guys who are transition players, so sort of going from NRL to Cup, like he's he fits into that category of half. So I think he'll get an he'll I think he'll get another contract. Well, looking up a page or according to someone else, they reckon he's on four fifty this year. My mail is we went for basically a million dollars no, for three. Everyone's mail is different, and but, no one actually knows. So that's why I don't like speculating about money because it's not transparent. So it's. It's hard to know, but yeah, but I think I think four fifty four fifty is overs if that's true. Hmm. 
Uh, I'd be comfortable paying him three hundred because I think I feel as though yeah he's he's probably a transition half, a guy that's going to play. Um, yeah, a little bit of cup, a little bit of NRL. There's no doubt that they're looking for someone, and Olapu is the man that they feel as though is going to partner Burton long term in the half. So, yeah, from that perspective, yes, you're right. But when does it come time to pull the trigger? Is he ready? Has he played enough cup footy? Is he ready for the NRL? Is it worth putting him in there now when they're realistically probably not going to make the finals? Do you give him the last month? Do you give him the last six weeks? Do you tip him in? Do you tip him out? That's what I'm asking. Like that's, yeah. Well, they, I don't know. You, you, you get a you get a feel and a gut feel on that when you've seen them all train together. Like that, That's when you can really start to make some decisions because you understand exactly what's going on. And I guess the other thing around it, more disgusting things for them because again, I think this year the finals they'll be around the mix, but I don't think they'll be in it. I don't think you know realistically if they get there they're going to make an impact. But the Bulldogs, yeah, I'd we, be shocked if they got anywhere near it. Like, no, no. They've just been depleted. But this is what I'm trying to get to. So we know that the nine situation sorted. We know that Burton's locked in long term. I still don't see him as an on the ball seven like they're sort of trying to do now. But your other key pieces, we know Crichton's coming from what you've seen from Perham or. Young Papali'i, do you really think Crichton would be your one? I still think Crichton's best position is centre. Well, have they paid him fullback money? Well, I think he's going to be, full, he's gonna fullback be a fullback. Money, but he's going to be a fullback if that's what you've spent your money on. I don't think Perham's been that bad, to be honest. I'm not saying again, oh, he hasn't he's been top line bad. or Papali'i's a good player, but for the money they've spent there, I think they probably could have done a little bit more reworking on what they do in their forward stocks. But and Then who are you going to play at one? Well, that's just it. I'd like to think in a year or two that Joe Ash would probably be a viable option for you from what I've seen. He's only young. Hmm. But huge money for Crichton. They come out straight after it, though, with all this talk about centre, saying, oh, it doesn't mean he's going to play centre. I was like, well, if you've paid 900000 for a centre, that's terrible business. Hmm. So, I don't know. And also looking at Crichton's body shape. Crichton's body shape the last few years, he was very, very lean. He's now putting that size on. He's going to need a big preseason if he's going to play fullback. Because as we know, that's a completely different position cardiovascular, and he can't carry the bulk he's carrying right now. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that's going to be a fairly hefty turnaround if they do go that way. But, um, yeah, they, like I said, they had their moments the other night. You certainly can't question their effort. But, yeah, simple sort of game plan. Param had a couple of nice moments again. I think Pungo Jr.'s first two games back, he's been pretty solid. Waddell, obviously, uh, had a really good effort as well. But just like we've talked about, the amount of troops, the amount of injuries they've got there, my biggest thing would be at what point do we – I'm not trying to say flush the year again, but like if Flanagan's not going to be there and you've got Olapu, he has to play at some point. Yeah. You've got to build some minutes or build some reps and go, all right, last eight weeks or post-origin, this is what we're going with. And if there's anyone else there again because they've got a few off contract that you don't want and other guys get healthy, similar deal again. Throw yeah. those guys into those positions, have a look at them. But in terms of like your Reynoldses, who they put in instead of a Rajab and a few guys that are there, no doubt there's going to be some more turnover and some more guys push up looking at their cup side, which is doing well. Mm-hmm. And I guess the positive for them, I think they were in the final. I know oh, they weren't in the final four for ball. I think they got knocked out. They made the grand final of match on the weekend. So I know it's a long in way. The bull, uh, in uh, the Bulldogs, was yes, about. yeah, they beat Panthers. Yeah, so they did. I yeah. think smashed the Panthers actually. For them again, when we talk about pathways the last few years, they had a pretty good year last year. They got close in both competitions. Now they've made the grand final. Um, they'll I, be happy I think the SG ball missed the finals. I didn't they? Yeah, they missed. They missed out. Uh, I don't know how their flag's going, but we obviously know their cup's going well for another year, and they've pushed a lot of those good kids up straight away, like yeah. a Joash Papali, Khaled Rajad, the guys we're talking about. So I think there's some problems they can solve internally themselves, which will let them use that money like I'm talking about to go out and get either another 
key outside back or a couple more forwards. And then you just sort of got to rework your money. Like, there's no way they would want Pungai Jr. on 850-900 like he is. So mm. whatever that comes to a head, he's either going to be taking a hefty pay cut or he'll be out the door. Yeah. But it's moves like that. The Burton thing with... Uh, sorry, Flanagan with all I look at and I go, there's some easy things to figure out right now just to keep pushing towards where you want to go. But um, talk again even after the weekend that he, he may not be there. But it's been weeks now. And I'm just sort of like, well, I'd, for me, I don't know if I'd be rushing all the in like you're talking about until I'm sort of comfortable. I'd rather have kick out and a few guys back, but we know with his injury, it's long-term now. So I, I guess it's more, at his age, how many weeks can he last playing grade? Yeah. Can we give him half a season and not burn him out? Or can we get him through the last six to eight weeks and do it that way so we don't, again, overload him or run him to the ground as an 18-year-old kid? I, I guess it's more timing and planning. Maybe post-origin, I'm sort of sitting there and looking at going, all right, the last eight weeks, we want you to play first grade. Mm. and build out at the end of the year and hopefully get you through unscathed and without any injuries and then we build into another big preseason. Yeah. But, yeah, um, good effort again from them. But went down in this one and we move on. Cowboys, Knights, 18-16. Man, did they need this win. But I guess at the same time, you look at one win and the way that the ladder is like we've talked about with all these results in this log jam, they're now only one win out of the eight. So I know it seems grim when you sit there going, oh, you're only two from six or two and five and that, but the way the games have worked out so far and teams beating one another, it's certainly a year where you might be able to get in with maybe 10 wins or 11 wins. I don't know. Potentially, Because yeah. it's very different to what it's looked like the last few seasons. But probably the other crazy thing here, they only used 15 men and they had a, a man in the bin and Tualagi for that stupid shot in the back. So they certainly did it the hard way. But we finally probably saw a more consistent picture of what we saw last year in terms of the effort stuff and scrambling and just working hard. And that's how they got their victory. Yeah. Um, Newcastle, you know, that they weren't bad by any stretch of the means again. Um, but I think from both sides, there was just some errors at some key times. And the, the guys that we talked about that haven't probably been playing their best football or have missed some football stepped up. I thought Cotter, his 65 or so minutes, he was huge. He just absolutely worked himself to the bone. McLean, like they were instructed that he should play 15 minutes since these four interchanges on him alone, just rolling him in and out. And we know that he didn't use Chester and. Um, the other man on his bench who leaves my mind at this point in time but there was a lot of positives there that we hadn't been seeing Robson hasn't had the platform to get out of dummy half he was able to get out of dummy half the other night mm. drink water needed to be exactly what they paid him to be and what we saw last year which was the difference and he was the difference he come up with a couple of nice runs first play where he just cuts back inside when he gets wide through the last pass on a few of those nice shift plays where he summed up whether to play short long or run um you know, the last play of the game was probably the one that would kill you if you're Adam O'Brien, where you got Gagai and Young, a couple of guys that you probably rely on who end up missing Val Holmes pretty poorly to pass that ball back inside to Tommy Dean. Yeah. I didn't think there was much. They had plenty of chances, didn't they? Yeah. And that was probably the one that disappointed me. Um, out of the sin bin as well, If you, I, I sort of thought there, if you're the Cowboys, you would have been heartbroken. You defended that 10 minutes, and literally the moment they got their man back on the field and tall argues when Fitzgibbon gets that turn under ball and just run straight through. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, I, I guess just under the circumstances, Nenai, HA at and off, only using 15, Tuolagi in the bin by his own doing. It certainly wasn't the easiest night, but we saw glimpses of more of the hard Cowboys, the effort Cowboys that we saw last season. Got you. Okay. So uh, whether that's something to build off, I don't know, but it doesn't get any easier. They've got to play the Sharks this week. Easy. And obviously the Sharks last year would have been heartbroken the way that they 
got pushed week one to have to go to week two and they went bang, bang at the back door. So I know some people go, oh, there's nothing that carries over from that, but I'm sure there'd be a little bit of ill will this week. There'd be plenty of guys that remember that game. Sweet. But I don't know. What do you think about this one? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think it was a game that the Cowboys have like the, the Cowboys have been losing games like this, haven't they? Mm. So for well, them to hold on, you look at their draw. No one's really belted them. No, they haven't. They've, They've lost a lot of close games. Field so, goal and yeah, this, this is one that went their way. Newcastle probably look at this one and think, you know, that's that's a game that got away. We should have won it. But yeah, I think this one will be one of those influential games come the back end of the year, potentially for the Cowboys to go. Well, you know, that was. That was one that we needed, and that's one of the reasons why we make the finals. Or for Newcastle, it might be, you know, you think, well, geez, you know, we left that one on the table, and that's a reason why we we might have just missed out because there's such a log jam that those really, really tight games, particularly for those teams that are in in that toing and froing, are going to be really, really important. So, yeah, entertaining game, thoroughly enjoyed it, and Cowboys, yeah, they deserve their win. Mm. You defend like that, and you you defend your opposition, you know, for multiple sets at the back end of the game. Like you, you deserve to win, irrespective of you know what you want to take away from Newcastle's attack. Mm. Well, I think that they'd have some points that they'll be disappointed with. Young took one of those bombs, fell short. They had a couple of moments where they probably should have taken a bit more, but it was certainly, like we said, more reflective of the twenty twenty two Cowboys in terms of the effort. Yeah, like you said, they were more resilient. Played with twelve, only used two off the bench. Like they, they certainly. Look at this one afterwards, and that's a well-earned victory Absolutely. under the circumstances. But I think for Newcastle, I still see a lot of positives here. If you're O'Brien and you're the club and where they're at so far, you'd be happy. Definitely. I think Ponga, for me, I just would have started with him. If you want to bring him back, I get sometimes you think about, we'll take some sting out of it. But in his situation, after all that time off and what was going on, I think for his confidence, I just would have gone, you're playing six, you're out there. And the word go, let's not leave it any longer and let any more of that energy come into it. But he had some nice touches. I think he, he did his job. Yeah. He got free a few times. He jumped down a short side and got Brad best loose and got himself on the ball. Still thought he kind of worked in well with Miller and everybody there. So that, that'll build again the next few weeks because they obviously had some good continuity with the Um And there's still some other guys that are playing pretty well. Like I know it's easy to say a lot of the time when it comes to the back end or a contract year, but I think Frizz has had one of his best years in a long time. He's playing some good footy. A couple of their forwards uh, played pretty well, but I think for them, that there's other things as well though, like you can sort of see now with somebody like a Marju over the years, who I always thought he should have been playing grade, but the best of Marju is multiple tackle breaks, good finishing, 200-plus metres, but some weeks you also have to take three or four errors. And obviously some coaches haven't been willing to take that. Absolutely. And again, the last few weeks, there was some really good, and then there's some really ugly moments where you sit there. And I guess we saw that with Young the other week as well, where he made four errors, with some of these bigger outside backs who can really make a difference on a game, break tackles and push. You have to make that decision. Are you going to take the good with the bad? Um, and, you know, he had a couple of those moments the other night, unfortunately. But it's like Gagai. I come into this season again thinking maybe it's the back end of his rep football. I don't know, that miss at the end was really, really bad. But I think he's been playing some good football the last few weeks and sort of look at him and heard some people going, he wouldn't be in the origin frame. I'm like, well, how loyal they are and what he's done over a period of time, I still think he'd be in the mix. Big time. I just don't know if it'd be as a centre. I think at this point, maybe he's better off just being a yardage player and a bash and barge guy in the backfield. He's breaking 10-plus tackles a week, having 20 cal. He's been super effective. But maybe I don't want him one-on-one in the centers like what happened with Val anymore. More yeah. as that yardage player, which we know he's done an outstanding job doing that. But, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, and I guess for them, talking about, again, that point I just made, and the club would be happy with how they're going. And O'Brien, they're the other team that you look at and go, we've talked about their pathway. Their cup team's not doing well. 
but they've blooded a lot of young kids up in there. Their twenty ones last year were okay. I don't know how they're going this year, but they've made both grand finals sixteen to eighteen. So it's another one of these points again where for them, if I'm looking at things right now and where they're at and making decisions going forward, they're, they're having they're, they're having issues getting them from to first grade. Matt's ball into cup. Like Flegg made the grand final last year. For whatever reason, like they seem to be losing them between cup uh, between Flegg and NRL. Mm. So whether that's you know they're just not that keeping the right players, football. yeah, or maybe they're just getting some recruitment decisions wrong. And then I guess now keeping you, the wrong ones. And are you doing it the right way? Letting the right ones go in an undermanned team with a lot of local sort of Newcastle players rather than first graders. They're putting a lot of these kids in to play with some guys like Oren Keeley and that, Thomas Kant early. Is that the best way to go about it? Mm. Are they better off having more reps of, say, first grade and playing a little more flag before you throw them in the deep end with less veterans, I guess? Their cup team's sort of been very young the last few years and copped a fair few licks. Yeah. Um, so, like you're saying, maybe they're not handling that sort of 18 to 21 transition period as well as they handle their 16s and their 18s. But I don't know. It's another good or, group. Clearly, recruitment. Mm. You're not identifying which ones are potential first graders. It's clearly another good group coming through. Um, so for them, again, you've got to convert on that in the next few years because we've seen it a few times now and we haven't really seen a flush result of it. We've seen a couple of guys come in, but no one really sort of kick on to any great length. Um, they've still had to go buy externally. But this group, they have to get something out of it. Yeah, They have to flag last year, these two now. There has to be something in the next two or three years that comes through that you go, this is a Newcastle guy and... One in particular, I haven't seen a lot of him. I've heard a bit about Miles Martin. I think he's playing SG ball, but I've heard he's already signed elsewhere and he's the captain. There you go. So it's another one again where I can't confirm if that's true or not, but I heard a lot about him and you don't hear that stuff from player managers, coaches, guys around it, if it's not true, about his ability. And then the first thing I heard straight after it was, oh, but he's not going to be at Newcastle. So you're right. potentially going to win a competition with this kid as your captain and then he's not going to be there. So... Um, yeah, that, yeah is not, I, that is not ideal. A lot of talk around them, but a lot of positives happening in the club in general. Mm. And it, It's going to take more than the first eight weeks to decide their future, but I think if you're O'Brien in the club right now, you'd, you're probably a lot happier with the situation or feeling a little bit more comfortable where things head. And that's not to say they're going to sign him up tomorrow and give him a huge extension. That definitely won't be the case. If anything happens, I'd think it'd only be two years. And there'd probably be some triggers in there to get out early. Yeah. But it's also that flip side of what we've said before. If you're going to get rid of somebody, who are you bringing in? And what's your plan? So that's the other side. But we move on from that one. Uh, your Titans. This is a crazy game of football and literally the old story of the tale of two halves. Yeah. To lead the way you did, you had all the football, you looked red hot in attack. You know, first 10, 15 minutes, you looked like you were going to pop them, but there was a few times where it was just some crash plays or things. It looked like they were loading up to the right a lot and it wasn't sort of happening. But when they finally sort of got them after that 15-minute mark, they just ran right. Inside, outside, Foreign, Brimson, Liu, just some short middle passing. I think it was Katala, the young man, who runs up past the ball, and he goes through a gaping hole. Um, the short side where Randall just runs, and there's man down, and he splits two middles. Like, it just all happened way too easily. Mm. They pulled the points on, and to get out of that lead and be as aggressive as they were, and the, the late one they conceded was unfortunate. It's deflection, Nick Reem is good enough to be there, tip it on, Jenny scores, but... If you're up 26 zip, and I know in the modern era we know that points can be pegged back, you shouldn't be losing a game of football. And no way. I think what kills me more thinking about it now is the second half wasn't even just a result of what Redcliffe did. I, the Titans did not help themselves at all. There was zero composure or zero thought to getting back into a grind or completing sets or kicking. Like 
there was a short dropout. There was a couple of kicks or plays that just baffled me when you're on the back foot and the possession and the territory swung where they really didn't help their own case. And Redcliffe certainly took advantage. Yeah, second half, they just needed to get back to kicking long, trying to get into a live ball situation where you go set for set. They just they didn't have the patience for it or the maturity for it. And that's part of the reason why you buy, go and buy Kieran Foran. Mm. And he was horrible. He made some really poor decisions at the back end of that game. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it didn't surprise me at all. I, I got a few messages saying, how's the TV room? Yeah, like, well, we know that's nothing, that. Nothing surprises me anymore. You just expect the worst and then the worst happens. And then you go, oh, it, that is what we are at the moment. And again, I keep saying it, it's defence. Yeah. Cause it's, you can it's talk hard. about the attack all you want. Their attack's... Your attack's yeah, no doubt is really, on. really good, but their defence is horrible. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even think it's a coaching issue. No. That's a culture issue. Well, this is the thing I was going to bring up. Brett White's gone down there. He would have had new ideas. He's been in Canberra. Well, He's that, done a good job that's there. That's what they bought him for. Correct. I, you know, you can blame him as much as you want, but you know, I look at this and think, well, how many coaches do you want to get in there before you start yeah. to say, well... It's the players. Well, it's a culture. It's mm. And the attitude. Just a... Just a mindset that you know we're just gonna play nba mm. you score i score you score i score and this is also that part when we talk about recruitment you look everywhere and you guys are flush with attack and they're a finals team minutes and... if you just want to take into attack they're mm. a finals team but you lack their defense is disgusting yeah, it's bottom four it's horrendous it's last their defense is last and in particular the, the two try like the two middle tries are the bad ones like oh. a one-on-one with wallace or a tip on to martin nichols like well those sort of ones there you're just like they can't happen they're the tries you look at and go wow that's that's why you know you don't make the finals. Yeah, nothing nothing um, shocks me. Uh, on the flip side for Redcliffe, I know people go, "What would he said at Wayne at the halftime?" Wayne wouldn't have said bugger all at halftime. He doesn't. Well, say I don't. Know. I've never been in the shed with Wayne Bennett. So oh, I know one or two people are lucky enough to play with him at two of the clubs he's been at, and again, it's it's what he I does. I certainly know that there wouldn't have been much panic. No, and that's exactly what showed. But I guess for them, they just did similar to what you guys did, but in a different fashion. They didn't go away. They held onto the ball. They took advantage of their opportunities. But those two middle tries, um, like I said, weren't the greatest. I'm sure Jared Wallace was very happy. Ex-club coming up with a try assist and a try himself. But I, I thought it was a good day again in the development of young Katoa. He had a couple of nice moments, especially that last sort of try he set up where he looked like he was going back to the post. He jumps down that left side and just showed the footy a few times and held up and created an overlap. But tell you what, we thought the Titans had some crazy moments. What was Jennings doing? When he laid on the ground, like he was dead. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't get up. I thought he might. Have, at the time, I was like, he has to be injured because the way Nickarima and all that sprayed him, like, is he blowing a, a calf or an Achilles or something? Is his hammy gone? He just laid on the turf and didn't he get up. He thought it was NFL. And then it's I heard a funny Lafonte. one. Someone was like, hey, "Have you ever played that game lava with your kids and the floor's lava?" <laughs> he clearly thought he was dead because once he laid down, he just went, "Oh well." Mm. But uh, luckily enough for him, he. Iced one that he should have iced, but he had a couple of opportunities he's missed. But, yeah, you talk about defense again. It was summed up with the last try that won in the game. Aiken, it was essentially just a strong carry into two guys who both went low. He busts over both of them and gets to the trial. And like, even that in a goal line situation, the way they come up with their first up contact. They're either not listening, they're not applied to it, or like you said, their attitude's just poor on that side of the ball. Because on the flip, they look like a top four attacking team. But defensively, attitude, resilience, we... Still are yet to see them, bar probably one game this year, show any sort of application to defend back-to-back sets or defend under pressure and get themselves out of trouble. No argument out of me. I will give a wrap to someone who I said last year that needs to be one of their best three players every single week, and I think this year he certainly has. And he signed that extension, which, again, 
probably shows that he's not just doing it on a contract year because he's locked in now. I think Dave Fafita's had a really good year. Yes. He he's played some really good football. Uh, Tino was pretty good again. Moe's the other one, again, bring it up. Moe's back to origin level play. He's playing right. He's been really yeah, good. But yeah, as a whole, them defensively, they certainly need to improve. And that's on everybody. I can't really pick on anyone specifically. It's definitely a whole team style of thing. But for the Dolphins, like we said, one of Katoa's better games. Cody has done a good job since he's come next team. Wallace, like I said, he would have been thriving. Nico made a bit of an impact off the bench. And uh, Aitken, obviously, he was had a really good game as well and got to finish things off. But we leave that one behind and we move Please on. Do. To Manly Tigers, this one was not really that great to watch, in my opinion. No, it wasn't. Manly made 18-something errors. The Tigers are just absolutely inept inside the 20. I've never seen more wraparounds in my life. I sort of understand. It certainly was a tactic, wasn't it? Well, I understand the principle of trying to hold up a middle to create space, but they didn't vary what they did off at all. The one time they did a wrap and drop back on it off and go was the one time it looked like it worked because they sort of held up, got the middle to pull a little bit, and he'd come back into that same space and... He got held up. It was, it was a great tackle. I can't remember who it was, but every other time it's it was good just... good to see that that's what they were working on all week. Wrap, mm, shift, wrap, shift, wrap, shift. They got him once with it, and it was when Staines flew over in that other corner. But other than that, it was like, okay, middle's holding, edge is set, it's man on, you haven't established it off a quick play of the ball. Like, what's the point of why you're doing it? And then I'd heard something in commentary about, oh, well, there's definitely shades of Benji and Robbie and all that, and that's what they used to do. I'm like, again, that was a different team, different time, different style of football. And it would made Arpy the focal point, which I also sort of agree with, but you've got to have more variation than that. Because I think they ended up with 50-plus inside half or inside 20 and had all the opportunity to win that game. Manly absolutely torched themselves with errors and discipline and had to defend and defend and defend. But at the same time, I want to give them credit for what they did and the lose Parker and Tom and reshuffle and ended up with Fainu out in the centres. He's definitely not a centre. I also looked at their attack and go, well, what are you really defending? There was no real point of difference or change up of what they were trying to achieve mm. so eight weeks in I still can't see it with their attack me either it's nice to see that Arpy sort of been more the focal point which he should have been but yeah and then the other thing is just identifying that okay that wrap when we dropped back into the similar space there that worked so why don't we do that again and it just went back to the old hit the front wrap around the back let's get a shift play going into a corner and see what we can do here. and nine times out of ten it's just inside releases no one's been held up we cover it Pass back to the middle or get back to a trim, shift again off a wrap, and they just did the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, uh, for Manly, frustrating uh, in terms of the errors and the discipline, and I guess the worry now that like we've talked about before. Tom's had back spasms, he's had a hip pointer, he's got a hamstring, he's got groin. Like, there's just there's a lot going on at the moment for him, and I guess similar to what we sort of said in our preview, and I hate to say it, but they are very reliant on Tom. So if it's going to be an up and down or he misses time or he ends up breaking down, I do have my doubts about them and what they do. I don't know what happened to Parker. Did you hear what happened to Parker or see what happened to Parker? And he lasted 40. Brad Parker, yeah. I had it on silent where I was watching. So I don't know what happened. Was that a knee or a leg or something? I think it was a knee. Yeah, some lower leg complaint. So obviously with a big bench, they ended up having to cover it with middles. It was hard for Sam to go out there. Um, Tough position when... You know, Tower gets him on the inside there. And then obviously after the game, we have the talking point of um, the allegation of spitting and a bit of beef between him and Wakeham. Then LAA obviously wanted to go further with it. And uh, that's all sort of boiled over the last day in a bit. But uh, yeah, sort of 
I don't know, it was almost like when Wakem alleged it once he got to the point where the referee, he didn't want to go with it. I don't know if that's the thing where he sort of thought, well, even if it did happen, I don't want to be the one to put that on a kid so early, but I couldn't see it. There was no vision of it, so I don't know. But it's a pretty, it's not something you generally just allege for the sake of alleging it. So I'm wondering if it was a heat of the moment thing where he's like, you know what, I don't want to do that to a guy on debut. I, I don't know. There's also the awkward part where one of his teammates is also his brother. Yeah, or well, who played Cup against us. Mm, so. Sioni, so. Yeah. Yeah. And the other younger brother played Cup as well for the first time, Latu. Latu. I mean, obviously, Manasseh yeah. so is uh, currently in jail. But, um, yeah, that was... Yeah, well, it was an emotional week for Samuela because Matty's debut and... Yeah. Yeah, it's just... There's a lot going on. And mm. then to sit on the bench that long and then not not go on in your chosen position, have to go out there and play centre. Yeah, it was a tough it ask. Wasn't, wasn't easy. Mm. He hasn't played any centre for us. It's been all um, back row. If we've had to move someone to the centres, we've moved Dean Madison, not Samuela, just because we want to keep some consistency around what he's doing um, because he's so young. Like yeah. He's still learning his craft and he's still, yeah, he still could be playing flag. Mm. He's 19, isn't he? Mm. Turning 20 or not? Well, again, regardless, he could play flag this year, next year. He minimum. could play flag this year. So he's very, very young. But I, I guess for me, like I said, they get away with this one after a really good start. And I think what probably sums it up again is the first six or seven minutes, it was all Tigers, all the ball, and what we talked about. Couldn't get any points. Then Manly flips the field, goes 90 metres and scores. Mm. And then the next one after that was pretty soft. It's just a simple lead line. Half bites in, centre's disconnected, and Olukawatu pours through a hole. At 12 zip after that sort of 20-minute mark or so, I thought, okay, this could be anything. But the injuries, the reshuffle, and just absolutely lighting themselves on fire with all those errors. The Tigers couldn't have been given any more ball, possession, territory, and opportunity to win. And again, it's just not happening. Yeah. Uh, as much as I like Wakem, all this talk about what they do with their spine or what's their best move, there's one real positive take out of the game. Buller certainly looked good at fullback. Yeah. I know passing is probably not the strongest point to his game right now, but in terms of physicality, presence, the way he carried the ball, he's only going to get better. So I think that's something worth persisting with. Definitely. But in terms of halves, I don't mind the idea of Laurie playing on the ball at six. I know that. Yeah, well, he played against us at Cup at six on the weekend. Mm. The the issue is defence. Yeah. That's the issue. So, you know, if you... But for them, they're going to play him offensively. Yeah, offensively it works. It's good. But, you know, defensively... Well, like we've talked about, though. Teams surely at this point are smart enough not to just sit someone at three men they don't trust. Flip him with the center. Do something. Well, not a lot of teams are smart. But I just look at them right now and go, naturally, Brooks' confidence is shot. Um, you know, Wakeham's a good steering wheel, but he's more a transition guy that holds, you know, a couple of games in first grade or in between couple or is a good sort of squad sort of guy. But Laurie's off contract. You've got a young kid in Buller. I know they've got stains for the rest of the year to try out at fullback, which, again, has its moments, but then it has its other moments where physically you see that, you know, he sort of gets dominated and what you can get there. They're already 0-8. So what, what's the harm in, in trying some things? I know we already talked about, like, you know, well, the harm is that it gets worse. Hold your mm. hold the line, but they've already not held the line. Trying they, some things. Like, what are they going to try? They changed their spine three times already. They've now lost Dewey. If this kid who you've now upgraded and extended looks like the best option at fullback, play him at fullback. If you're going to move off Laurie, I guess don't play him at all. But if you're talking about you've trained him in the off-season as a half and all these other things, we'll try him in the halves. Mm. What harm can it do at this point, Tom? They brought Wakeham in very, very late as a seven and, you know, like I said, he can do a job, but I just... Their attack's awful. Mm. So they've got to try something. Mm-hmm. 
Bateman's slowly building into it. I don't think he's been his greatest yet, but again, bugger all preseason, bugger well, all time. Bought, he was injured. Game, it's clear he yeah, was injured when he's he came just over. sort of building into it. He didn't play for the first two or three weeks. They don't use Papa Lee the way he's used it. Para, he sort of just gets through his work, but they certainly yeah. don't use him the way they did. Um, off Angawe, they extended and they've benched him. Like they, I don't know what they're fucking doing. Very confused, but at this point in time with their spine and 0-8 and the injuries and their million shuffles, something. Mm. But the old wraparound first and getting up involved, he obviously came up with a nice try and, and was busy, but there needs to be more variation than that. Um, for Manly, I guess your question is with all these middle injuries and what we do or don't know, do they play Tom this week? Or do you just clean and simple, depending on what's going on with Parker now, I guess, look at given weeks ago at his actual position at fullback, plug up that hole with somebody different for the week and load up with forwards again and try and win that way. Play that physical style of game, let Cherry Evans kicking a trial. I thought Schuster was pretty right, Everyone poor. seems to have an opinion on Tom, but no one's no one knows. So Well, it's clear when you get run down from a front row, you're not feeling too well. So it's another yeah, but Okay, of, so are you saying it's an injury? I think he's got multiple problems. Yeah. Well, you someone, don't, but you don't know that. Someone who's had knees and other things done. You don't know you have and a lot of people are saying... You have shit stresses that around know. joints or other things <clears> that are compensating. He's got a lot of things clearly compensating like, for his hands. Manly have got no reason to put out false information about his health. So... They're saying it's a minor groin issue. So if it's a minor groin issue and he's clear to play, then I'd expect him to play. Mm. Simple as that. I, yeah, I, he. when I'm at training, he gets through full training. I, like, I haven't seen him miss a training session apart from um, some in the preseason when he, you know, when he wasn't back to full training yet. But. Well, it's probably... Every time I've been there, he's trained three weeks ago or so. Was the first time I sort of sat there and thought, okay, looks like he's building up. And then every week since, yeah, but I I heard all that noise. Like, well, he's looked tighter and tighter, and yeah, and he's still still training, still playing. So, if there's any doubt around him, I just wouldn't be risking him. That's more the point I'm making. And I guess the other question that's come out of this, but isn't that like, don't you think that that's what the NRL staff are thinking? I I just don't. Yeah, it boggles my mind a little bit. Why would they put him out there if they thought he was a risk? Because they need him to win. And if he's at 80 or 90%, in the season. Why would they, why would they risk Why would they risk him? Well, we know clubs push players. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't risk him. But, and if uh, anything, they're walking on eggshells a little bit with him, obviously because of his past injuries. So The other thing, I guess, to come out of this is right now, if you're a New South Wales selector, would you feel confident picking Tom? Because I certainly wouldn't. You don't have to pick him right now. I know that, but I'm more you're saying in six weeks this is the form still in four to six weeks. <clears> and he's Well, that's a decision for them to make. Touch and go. I wouldn't be looking at him at this point in time. So who are you picking? Well, I'd pick Crichton or somebody else in the centres before I'd pick him in the current form yeah. and condition. And this is the point we made last week about the talk that if someone said, after oh, Tedesco, you'd put Latrell or him back there, I would put either him back there before I picked Edwards. Yeah. State of origin. Yeah. Let's talk about it when, we need, pick, when we need to pick the team. But uh, we'll move on from this one. Hopefully Schuster uh, is a little bit better for our run. Didn't think he was too great, but similar deal, I guess, just... He's been in and out. He's only played three games now, I think it is. But particularly that miss with Farnu, he had a chance to make some contact there and wasn't uh, wasn't the greatest defensive of it. So they get away with it, clean it up at the back end just when you thought the Tigers maybe had some confidence or enough there to go on with it when they got in the lead from that tower move. Saab breaks the hearts after that DC pinpoint kick mm. and they go on from there with a couple of penny goals and, and ice that one. But uh, ugly game, but a win nevertheless. So they'll take those two points. We move on to Roosters. 
up against the Dragons, and it was a yo-yo game, but it was great viewing. Great viewing. It was, yeah, it was an unreal game to watch. You looked at it after the Roosters sort of busted them so easy early off that long pass from dummy half where they just got straight outside the ruck off a quick play of the ball and it was just long, short, so easy and they, they got them similar again those few times where, you know, they were, they were really looking like they were trying to run some traffic at Murdoch, Masilla and Suli who obviously aren't the best laterally and Suali had some good early ball there or some opportunities and they were playing off that and shifting back to the middle. Jared has that nice touch as well, just drops that one off to, I think it was Radley in a similar fashion and, you know, the Dragons responded. They got one back nice and early there uh, as well. And it made it a fairly good contest at that point in time. But I guess the one where it sort of really flipped on its head from there, it looked like they were getting on top as they got that penalty goal. They were starting to roll. Dragons making errors, giving up the field. They were just rolling through them with their ruck speed and, like, again, playing that sort of shift shape and getting play the balls off the back. And I think it was in by and maybe Couchman were in the middle where we saw Sloan. Just spray them because Kiri gets a pass. Oh, too wide, yeah. Strolls through and at twenty to six, you're thinking this could get ugly. And then not long after that is when Cheese passes off the ground. They let it go on and it was going to be twenty six six, and it could have been absolutely anything. But that call is reviewed. He did pass it off the ground. They end up flipping that, and instead of being down by twenty points, they bring it back to an eight point gap. And that's where we really saw Sloan come into his own. And probably like you pointed out yesterday about the highlight of their attack. You got a guy. With him, with so much natural speed, you've got a guy in Suli who's a physical presence who doesn't need to be finessed or moved into holes or played in the line. Their best football when they just started playing down that right-hand side and feeding him good ball. Mm. Sloan was making the decision whether he wanted to run, pass, or just give early ball. And nine times out of ten, he got it right. He got him to hold up multiple times. He skipped the cost and created some doubt. He skirted Kiri for the first one where he flicks it through and they score. Moga the beneficiary. He hit Suli a couple of times at early ball and he just skittled blokes, including the hat-trick for Moga, where again, skips across, this is Sloan, dishes to him, bumps three or four, offloads and score. Like they just looked, you know, very, very dangerous when they went down that edge. And just, some guys, like we talked about before, they, just, they don't need to be overly structured or fed into holes or this, that, and the other. Just give them the footy. Yeah. And between him and Suli in particular on that right edge, as much as they were getting picked on earlier, along with Murnock Masilla, defense, defensively what they were going for, with the ball, they looked great. Yeah. Um, and they they tin canned him a few times down that side, and the Roosters. Um, so while they got one early on him, but Suli obviously got him back a few times, but they brought themselves back into the game in a big way. When it got back to 26 all, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then you have the critical moment. When- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. They're getting into that sort of stage of the game where obviously we see Radley get sin-binned. And again, from the angles that were available so far, I've seen a hell of a lot of disagreement. I don't know what's right or wrong. I think you were saying yesterday, and they even said on the coverage, that the bunker apparently has more angles than what we get available to us on purpose. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think there's a bit of a strategy this year in that they don't the, want to the angles we're getting on TV and then what the bunker are actually looking at are different. Hmm. Whereas in years gone by, I think we've probably looked at the same angles. And it's created more controversy. So I think it's a smart 
a smart move because mm. uh, you can see some there where we're looking at it and you can't really tell and then it comes up down the bottom try confirm because they're looking at a different angle in the bunker which yeah that that is what it is mm. well I, I don't mind it live I sort of looked at it and thought it looked the like less egg- whinging and complaining and sucking about consistency the better we're going to be because you just, you're just never going to get it. Mm. Well, live, so, I thought it was a head clash. But again, the angles they have. I, see, I didn't. I thought the shoulder clearly hit him in the, in the chin. The slow-mo's to me, I just see the heads both rattle. I saw his head rattle. It's, yeah, it's head-to-head it's head head contact. But, but that doesn't mean that his shoulder hasn't hit him in the face. I think the best shot we got was a behind angle where a player obstructs it at the last minute. And I was sort of like, well, that's oh, probably the, clear. the best one we got. I thought it was got, absolutely but. clear that the shoulder hit him in the noggin. I think that's three weeks in a row. He's been put in the bin at a critical mm. time um, and why they had been picked apart a few times defensively, especially down that edge like we talked about, this was probably their best period. They defended that 10 minutes. Yeah. They didn't concede and then it was a very messy field goal but last play they ran it. I don't think they meant to but Manu was smart enough to hear Kiri's call turn around, hit him and he ices it from in front. So from that period there, there was five or six minutes still for the Dragons to clean it up. They didn't really get themselves into a position. There was the one that other people were angry about, which was Bird's challenge for the play the ball era, where they're saying he's planted the ball. Yeah. Um, I guess it's another one again, though. Whether you like it or not, you see a heap of them during the game, but in that critical moment, challenge. Um, some people were filthy about it. Some were saying that's the rule. I don't know how you felt about that one, whether it's correct ruling or not. But, again, I, I, it's another one of these ones where I'm like, you could penalise almost every single play the ball for a roll ball or Every second or third one's that, or a plan, or someone doesn't get to their feet. It's yeah, it's very picky in my opinion, but it is what it is. They get done for it, uh, and then last play of the game, there they've got to go the whole field. Jack DeBellin, because Joe Manu, I think, shoots up completely, disconnects the line, tips him behind for young Couchman, who I don't think he goes on to score, but he definitely gets him in field goal range or closer to. But unfortunately for the young man, he spilled the pill. Yeah, so that probably I don't know would have got him possibly up around the 40 or something like that from where he was going to catch the ball and go on, or at least they would have had 30 seconds or 27 seconds left to maybe have two more plays and set up for the field goal. So there's no guarantees, but uh, that ended it. And what a hell of a game it was. It was, mate. But positives for both, negatives for both, like the Roosters to leak the way they did. I know they changed this week. We talked about the spine situation. Did you feel it was any better, any different? With Kiri sort of steering things a little bit more, and Manu just been able to get more touches. I certainly thought Manu was more effective with the touches he had running the ball. Yeah, he, he was. He broke 11 or 12 tackles, come up with a nice try, certainly threatening when he gets more pill. Teddy was more involved. I thought Cheese was still messy, but it was probably his busiest game in terms of him getting out of dummy half and running. It was much more get our key players, Teddy, Manu, Cheese, all running the ball, and Kiri to sort of steal, steer it and pull the strings in the background. And yeah. he ain't comes up with an assist... Scores by himself, kicks the field goal. Probably, probably got the result that they were looking for. Less Chiefs, also yeah, less Chiefs, more Indians. Essentially, he's yeah. the one who controlled it. The others, other three guys in the key positions, were more there to run, play off the back of it. Their forward pack did an okay job. Thought Butch had a pretty good game. Yep, Jared did a good job, but certainly simplified. I think their attack this week. We completely agree. Yep. Um, obviously, got to tighten up the edges. Mommy's first game in a long time, and. We know that edge, like we said, Suwali, Kiri, and that was targeted as the same way they try to target Murdoch, Sula, Suli, etc. for their lack of probably mobility. But I thought that was a good battle. All in all, those two going against each other. We saw some really good football, but if the Dragons end up winning this game for me, Sloan, that's probably his best game in first grade. And he was great. Um, 
second half when they were coming hard for them. A lot of the offloads, similar for them. I, I looked at them and thought, I, I, if I'm a hook, I'm cutting that video up and going, this is what we need to play. Less dead plays, less boring one-outs, less just yardage stuff. They were pushing offloads. There was a bit of tip play. They got Bird involved. They got more, they've got a few guys there that just have a little bit of spark to them, a little bit of individual play. Just play off the back of that. Yeah. Let Sloan come up and get the ball on long side shifts off play the balls and decide whether he can skip around someone like Kiri and create a number. Give Sewell the early ball, let him do some damage and feed your second phase. Like a lot of their good stuff just come off natural footballers running the ball, generating second phase or broken play. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly structured, it wasn't complicated. No, it wasn't. That's so, right. Tough loss. And I, I and that's, like you say, that's the go for them. And they're in a similar boat, I guess. They've, they haven't really had a blowout. They've had a lot of close games. They probably could have won a couple more. Uh, yeah, but with the whole situation, everything that's going on, um, I think Hook's handed it pretty well, to be honest. He's not talking a lot. He's just I agree. sort of rolling with the punches. And I agree. I've got to commend him because it's an absolute shit sandwich if I'm him. He could yeah. have easily quit or sat there and started taking jabs at the board or anything that's going on, but he's just doing his job. Yeah. And if he would have quit or shown any of that to the players, they'd be getting towed up every week, but they're not. So I've got to commend him on that. Yeah. Um, the comments afterwards from... Robinson, Tedesco and all that, it's a pretty much take all of it with a grain of salt. In the end, when they said, well, maybe we're a little bit biased towards Victor, and that, well, clearly you're going to be biased. I don't think that's rocket science. I thought it was just... But I go to the point I made the other week, and I think you agree with me, and a couple of the Roosters fans on our page certainly did agree. For me, he's still got a little bit to work on, old Victor, because too often, again, he's either getting himself bumped in the head or he's getting himself binned. And I don't want to see the aggression go completely, but there needs to be some more control in what he's doing. Yeah, no that's- one's... No one's criticising that. No, and I, to be honest, I think he's dialed it back, but obviously we've ramped up in the last couple of years in terms of safety and what we want to see as well, but he still has to sort of come to the party there. Absolutely. Um, but he, he's hit target there, and I, I see a lot of people going, oh, well, players can't lower themselves. Well, they all lower themselves in the point of contact because you're trying to get dip to get forward momentum for a collision. Yeah. So you have to dip as well. I'm not saying he has to get waist height, but he clearly didn't dip as much as Molo did, which is part of the reason why, regardless of whether I agree or disagree with the angles that I saw, Clearly what the bunker saw was some shoulder to the head. So he still has to work on his target a little bit. Yeah. I didn't think that one was as blatant as the other ones where we've seen him hit Munster after being warned multiple times about hitting halves off the ball or some of the other stuff he's done. Yeah. But clearly he's still got a little bit to work on. Because at the end of the day, like we've said, if you're going to sign a three or four year extension, but you're going to get suspended or binned every two or three weeks <laughs> or constantly have head knocks, they're going to have a real drama in 12, 18 months time if he doesn't change. 100%. And then you want the prime example about someone turning things around completely. I know he got binned last year or he had a few sort of issues, but like if a Jared can adjust himself to the point where he's sort of up to standard of the way things are going, well, Radley certainly needs to get on that sort of level. Yeah. I'm not saying he's clean, but it happens a lot less often as what it could. Of course. Um, yeah. But it's more that it's multi-layered. It's not just the sin bin. Then he's got another $3,000 fine. So I hope he got paid well by the Roosters in that deal because, <laughs> man, he's paid some fines earlier this year. But yeah, um, it's more the concussion stuff that goes along with it. He has way too many incidental head clashes or head clashes that could be avoided. And it's a concern. But Definitely, yeah. If you're them, like I said, Teddy, probably his best game. Kiri looked a little bit more confident steering it. Cheese, probably one of his better games. Egan looked really good. Crichton's back in. Satili's back in. I'm not going to say it was pretty because it wasn't. And it's still <laughs> not their best version of football. And I don't know when we're going to see it. But I guess a lot of troops back on the field come out of it health Pretty clean. Tupo hurt his hamstring. Um, that's probably the only downside there, but they get a win. For the Dragons, Sewer doesn't play. Moga gets hurt at the back end, so I'm unlikely the other Fiona brother comes in next week, but you can't question the effort, that's for sure. Absolutely not. 
you got to build mm. off what you saw in that second half. But we'll leave that one behind and we'll move on to Storm Warriors. Um, it's it's easy to say after the fact, but honestly, take out what they had to go through in terms of the injuries, the reshuffle, and then basically being gassed out in the second half with the lack of troops, which is you know the smart way to play a team that you know has got no bench. Yeah. I think if this is an 80-minute game, which, again, this is rugby league, where they stay healthy and they keep their rotation, I, I think the Warriors are probably going to win this game. I think Melbourne uh, had their moments, but still have a lot to work on defensively. There's a few simple things where me and you were watching that we picked out. Like the, the Adam Fanua Blake one is inexcusable. Yeah. Where Sims and Welch are there, they've got close space. Should be, you know, a team hit. Both shoulders, two shoulders on a guy, even if he's got feet. Dual contact. The fact he slides through there, just, well, honestly, it was like paper going through a crack. Mm. He went through it clean. Harry Grant did very well to almost knock that boy out, but that was inexcusable. Then a few of the shift shapes you're obviously pointing out as well. Just some decisions where they weren't exactly outnumbered, but the decisions they made is what led to tries. And it's stuff that fundamentally in the past you don't really associate that with Melbourne. But particularly, I think it was their their left side D, which was the right side for the Warriors. They got that side a couple of times. They obviously keyed in that, you know, that Olam and those sort of guys like to jam. Coates followed in once, Coates held another time, but they still got him. Yeah. So on the Warriors... The Warriors were trying to get to the black dot, which is... Yeah, play at the post for the middle of the field. Yeah, but which is a little bit... It's not really traditional at the moment. It's not in vogue at the moment. No, most teams play from the 20s. just split them up. Yeah, split them up 5-5, and they were able to just put six there, and they stripped them every time almost. Mm. But, yeah, I just thought that their... um, Their attack floundered in the second half. Like, they certainly had uh, become fatigued. But they started to have more dead plays. And in the first half, they were sequencing brilliantly. Well, like, I think Webster pretty much summed it up. Dead plays. They were almost sort of just trying to go set for set when they were gassed because they didn't have the energy, hoping they'd get good ball opportunity or an error or a penalty in that cycle. And um, unfortunately, they didn't get it. Yeah. It just didn't come. And with that, like you said, we saw them wore down as you do when you got your middles playing. You've got players getting big minutes and having to do that sort of work. And, um, you know, Nelson broke through on one of them that led to a try. And, they had the kick collision, which is one of those ones where I liked the way he handled that after the game to sort of say, like, we collided there, but we didn't clean it up. Like, yeah. He definitely made no excuses for his team. And all, the comments he made, I think he spoke really, really well to say, I want to know the difference between being proud and um, obviously, you know, being accountable for the fact that you still lost or those moments you can handle. And he, that's not, he wasn't downplaying or bagging his players, but he's just making the point. Yeah, They've come to me afterwards and said, we should have done this. That one should have been stopped. We should have cleaned up that boy. He's 100% right. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I know everyone, it's been massively overused, but I'd be stoked if I'm a Warriors fan from what I've seen. Big time. Because even under those conditions last night, Warriors of the past, like we've seen the last two years, that could have turned into a five, six try route and just been a blowout. They made Melbourne work for that. Absolutely. It took, like yeah. we said, that play at the end where they're a bit gassed, I think it was a monster. Scoots through, goes about 60. They get back to midfield and it's a play five run where they're just spaced. I think there was two players in 10 metres and Harry runs every day of the week. And even there, he had to work for it. He beat two of them, and Dallin almost held him up. Yeah. They didn't give it to him, but... I also saw your side of it last night where I, I thought Melbourne did get all the 50-50s in the second half for every call. Well, they did, yeah. Um, So, on that side of things, yeah, they certainly couldn't buy themselves a, a penalty or any sort of moment there in the rucks or the six agains, but... um, Yeah, I, I guess, as a, as a Melbourne fan, I'm very happy at the buy that we're five and three, because I think we could easily be four and four or three and five. Yeah. There's a couple of games that haven't been quite clean. 
on the flip side, similar deal. Development of some guys who have played a lot of minutes now, getting a couple of guys back healthy. Nelson clearly made a huge difference last night. And they've now announced that he's staying for four more years, which I think is critical because he's the real point of difference in that forward pack. I don't really have one at the moment. I still think they're a middle short. Um, yeah. But there's a lot to work on defensively for them still. Big time. Um, and I think Hughes has been <clears throat> rusty to start this year. I know he played all the way through and didn't have a preseason. He sort of carried some niggles at the back end of last year. But between him and Munster at the moment, like Munster's having some real individual good moments. So is Harry, but I don't really feel like it's all quite come together just yet. Nick Meany's been fantastic too. He's got a real... A real question on his hands about how he handles the return of Pappenhaus. And in my opinion, it wouldn't be straight back into first grade. Mm. I'd be sending him to cup for at least a month or so. Because with what they've got there right now, there's no need to just suddenly throw him back in the mix and try and get him to I don't think he's going to be going back to cup. No way in the world. That's not going to happen. After all this time off, though, you wouldn't want to give him any sort of time or disrupt. You're just going to let him come straight back in? No, if he's ready to go... I reckon, fit me, the way we're going at the moment and what they've got there, I'd be happy to run him for a couple of weeks and Maybe a week. Just give him some time to see that he's happy, healthy and confident in his knee. Because mm. I think the last mm. time we did it was after the concussion. I know it's a different situation, but his confidence was shot and it got worse as the weeks went on in first grade. I think he might need an easy kill for a few weeks to get some minutes and get some open space and just feel himself again before they do it. And I think if I'm them, I'm confident in what I've got in Meany that I don't need to rush Pappenhausen back in at this point in time. Yeah. That's probably more the reason I'm looking at it going, I think we're in a situation where if it is still another however many weeks away and it's around origin time or whatnot, I, I still think it'd be good to probably have a couple of runs at Sunny Coast or somewhere. Just, no, I'm not putting my Ferrari out there. Maybe once. Mm. Something along those lines. If he's right to go, I'd be pulling the trigger. Yeah. Uh, Warriors, it's going to be a bit of a, Bit of an ask with the injuries they've got. Toe Harris, second time he's aggravated that knee. That could be multiple weeks or a bit longer now. I think last time it was three or four weeks and then they held off. If it's longer, that, that that's a huge blow. Um, Jazz, who missed the first few weeks, come back. He's been outstanding now. It's Achilles and calf problems. So again, not sure yet, but it could be a couple of weeks. Chance, he failed. So he's guaranteed to at least miss one game. And then Barry Serena, I didn't even see what happened to him, but he apparently got HIA but passed. Mm. He's likely to be available, but on top of Metcalf, Tamari Martin, Barnett, the players are already missing. Uh, we'll be interested when we look at the lineups, but it, it they've sort of just been cruel so far, haven't they? They've been so consistent and so good regardless of the changes they've had, and they've never really been able to get their spine on the field. Egan, I didn't even mention just there either. But yeah, it's it's, it's been a bit rough in terms of health and what they've delivered so far. And I'd, I'd love to think what they could be if they got all those guys in the field together yeah. and played the way they've been playing. Absolutely. They've been yeah. fantastic so far. Uh, but yeah, we'll leave that one behind. Thank you to Sinclair Hyundai Penrith, Toby and the team there for the game reviews of the round. SinclairHyundai.com.au, corner of York Road and Bat Street. Get down and see Toby and the team. Let's preview. Oh, sorry. We've got one more talking point I forgot about there. The Jack White situation, because the Raiders didn't play this week, was probably the one that was hanging out there. Uh, basically... Leaked yesterday that he wanted to talk to his own teammates, but as we know, the media doesn't let anything sort of go before they get to talk. Everyone started hitting him up, texting him, messaging him before he got to see everybody today. Apparently, his intention is to move to South Sydney. So Dolphins got up to four years after initially offering three and around similar money. They got to four years, a million dollars a season. We know the Raiders made it a real point of it, of feeling that 
uh, the salary cap situation and being transparent that they'd offer four point four million over four years, one one a season, all up front with the cap order. And then we've heard about the South situation where with this new cap, a lot of teams valued people differently on how much they're going to spend because it still hasn't even been confirmed. There's also an agreement about whether players got match payments or that wasn't the case and it just went into their cap. So apparently they've got room to talk about what they've got on contract or off contract or who they're going to move on. All the way it's been reported is they've got spare money and that this would be two years, the first two years you'd have to take 75800 but the last two years is when Cody and Cook are off, would probably jump back up. Overall though, he's probably still given up close to 800000 to a million dollars. But the Raiders now have lodged a formal complaint and want everything scrutinised and looked into. But I, I see two sides to this. I understand it, but I also heard the point the other day where someone like Gordon Tallis is like, well, why do none of the bad teams get good players? Well, for that reason. The Tigers have thrown more money than anybody at Latrell and a lot of guys and no one wants to go there. Mm. If other teams have the money or make the space or fit it in and it's all above board, well, I don't know why we're surprised. In this situation, you've got a guy who's been there for a decade plus who clearly feels that the premiership window's gone from what he's doing. Because at the start, people were saying it was about money. Well, if this is the deal and it's all above board and he's taking less money, well, clearly it's no longer about that. He's won a Dahlia medal. He's won a Clive Churchill. Origin, World Cup. He's ticked every single box besides the premiership. So if this is the motivation for it, well, then I've got no problem with it as long as it's all above board. He's making a decision to try and go win a comp. You can't put mm. a gun to somebody's head and just say because the most money is there, you have to stay. Because otherwise, a no, lot, I think lot of people would have gone is to the West Tigers. He was Tigers. saying that you know, the reason I want to test the open market is for money. Yeah, my option here, it doesn't, it doesn't here is good. don't give him a player option then because it's up to him. So he no, can... I'm, I'm not defending either. Mm. I, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that yeah, said what, one what thing he actually doing said, he's doing it. That's right. He's yeah. testing the market. That's where my... Rather than just saying, maybe I'll go bit, I'm a little bit confused. I, I think, realistically, he needs to come out, address the media and... Well, he's going to have to now, but maybe that was a, it. a soft way at the start of almost sort of saying that maybe he wants to go elsewhere to try and win a comp rather than just saying, I'm going to market. Because initially, as soon as that offer come out, I'm like, they're already paying overs, in my opinion. Yeah. To go to 1.1, but if his intention is to go in a comp and this is all above board, I have no problem with it. I really don't. Yeah. I see why. Um, and then looking at Canberra's situation, well, yeah, they're not sorted at nine. Fogarty's <clears> steady. <throat> the fullback situation, the kid, Chevy Stewart, who they've just re-signed, he's probably not ready in the next 12 months. Savage looks good, but he's been injured, so we don't know about him. Papa's getting older. Tarpany and a couple of those forwards are good. OB's young as well. It's probably still a couple of years away with some key decisions around spine and their bench forwards. But there's also talk now that Hudson Young hasn't signed his deal just yet, pending what Jack's doing. And yeah. that Gula and a few other guys are also off contract there as well. Like This could turn pretty quickly for Canberra. But I guess on the flip side of that, if you're Canberra and Jack's moving on, you've got almost a million dollars in free space. What are your options? Which is what we talk about the halves market. Yeah, Matt Frawley is a plug. He's not your option. Snyder, they obviously liked... He's off contract, but he's a young kid there. Is your way forward, though, in the short term with the team you've got with Snyder and Fogarty, or would you be going to market? And then if you go to market, what are your options? Hmm. We know they've reached into England a few times, and there's talk about the young guy at St. Helens, Dodd, having interest in coming to Australia. And again, the teams that have looked at him have been lower-end teams, and their, their own GM or CEO has come out and said, I wouldn't, wouldn't let him go. I wouldn't encourage him to go if he's going to a bad club. Essentially, he's mentioned the Tigers and those sort of teams again. Yeah. But if Canberra were to come along, I don't know much about Dodd. Would he be a real option? They've, they've certainly had success with the Englishman. Yeah. Um, in terms of your other options, people have mentioned your Brookses, your Flanagan, anyone like that. I don't think that's the solve. 
there's one here that's an absolute long shot for me and I still don't buy that it is the case but when Ben Hunt's been making these comments about Hook and the club and rebuilding and I'd have to consider my future if that was any bit serious as a truck just goes bellowing by with Ugh. air brakes outside there if that was any bit serious and I'm Canberra I'd be ringing his manager and saying look if there's any truth about what's going on here I know he probably he definitely prefers to live down Wollongong he's definitely set himself up down there and I think that's where he's going to be long term but for a few years if it cost me some housing and a similar contract or a small upgrade because he's on about 900 on his new deal up to a million to get him to Canberra yeah. I'd be going after Ben Hunt oh, and again it's, yeah. it's not even something you consider and go well he's on it but I'm just saying if any of the noise we all know how this works when there's any noise about anyone if there's any candidate or anyone I'm sitting there right now if I'm Canberra going alright how can we improve this situation or get better than what's available right now I'd be ringing Ben Hunt's manager and going how serious are these comments around what happens with the hook in this club right now Yeah, because we've got the same money, if not a little bit more, and we'll take care of housing or something else. Or give him tight extra time off like we know the trailer other guys get other clubs to go back to Wollongong or stay in Sydney for an extra day or two. I don't, I don't care what it takes. We'll match it and do three years or whatever and try and plug him in. Yeah. But other than that, I yeah, the market's not that great. And I had a look at it. So if he's gone end of this year because he's taken that option, you know, we're talking about if his bloody banner would get off this page, which is great. Dunkin' Donuts, nice. Beep, beep. I like Dunkin' Donuts, but I don't like the fact that, you know, the banner's just blocking Why it. Why is the Dunkin' Donuts Mate, blocking it, it for It's blocking you, it out. But yeah, Luke Brooks, no. Flanagan, no. A lot of the other guys there are backup options. Sean Johnson is available, but I highly doubt with the situation he's in right now, the war isn't that, that he's going to come back. Yep. He's got his happiness. He's got his stability. I'm sure they'll end up signing him up for another year or two over in New Zealand. Schneider, like we said internally, the only other sort of guy that's younger or out there would be to go after a young guy who's a few years away, like a Duffy or a Burke from the North Queensland Cowboys, but that's not going to win your games or a comp trailer. Yeah. Or again, a Taff who come through playing as a half at South, who's been used as a utility fullback. So there's no quick solve here for Canberra. This is a big blow. Yeah. Because essentially you've got Fogarty, but in terms of a partner and with the availability and then looking at the other sixes, like your Coggers, Donahue's, Frawley's, Hampton, Reynolds, like there's no huge name in the market here. There's no quick fix. Nope. And internally, do they have it? Probably not. Do they Schneider and Forley are their backups. Schneider's a young guy, but again, he's not Jack. It'll be Schneider. So, you know, he's off, so they'll have to give him a new deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where they go from there in terms of getting the key player. The other question is, what do you do with that money to strengthen elsewhere? If you've got a million dollars free, what areas do you need to address? Mm. I guess that's the upside. Can you build a solid base with, say, Fogarty steering and a Snyder outside him um, where your nine situation, again, I guess, isn't the greatest and your fullback, you got more probably hope for the young kid than Savage because he hasn't been able to be on the field yet. Like, this, the spine's really where the question marks are. Yeah. They've got some good forwards. They've got some good ABs. They could have some money to spend. But they're sort of, I don't know, in that limbo of the bottom oh, end of the like eight. Or... Look, what you said originally, going back, like, you'd be going after Ben Hunt. That's the only one in my head. Like I know there's other. Don't give him one point one. I'd happily give him one point one. He is uh, a tremendous competitor. But purely those if, murmurs. If that all goes pear shaped at dragons, then yeah, that might be the fit. That might be the way to, you know, or is it you go and you go and try and get Lachlan Ilias? You go and make a play there. Like when is he off contract? 
you just extend it for three years. Three years, money. yeah, I know. So, but like the bubble in the carpet's going to happen at South, isn't it? Like, well, they're not going to have Cody put one and in. Jack and the halves together. I think they've made yeah, it I, well known to him that he's going to be playing in the centres the first year or two. Mm. Jack and Cody wouldn't work. I need someone to steer and control things. Yeah. I guess your other way around, it's to sort of load up elsewhere. Like if you feel that Whitehead and a couple other guys aren't doing it for you. Do you go and grab a Flanagan? Do you go and... Do you get out and look at, you know, there's guys like Sorensen, Royce Hunt, a few guys off. Do you load up your forward pack a bit more and try to play a power game and have two, you know, competent controlling halves and kick well and sort of change your whole style of play? Style of play? Me, like they've given Snyder now. This will be his second full year in cup. I'd be giving Schneider the crack next year. Mm. So, yeah, I guess the money and how you use it is more what I'm interested in. Um, and then, like you say, you, you could then have two players which are a little bit similar in the halves, which, you know, is okay. Just Yeah, like I said, you might have to change your game style a little bit instead of playing those long side shifts where you're looking at for a savage to run. Like They're very run spine. Mm. Levi's are running nine, Jack's are running six, Savages are running one, and Fogarty's sort of the steering wheel. Yeah. But if you want to go to that more high completion based sort of team, I guess you need to find a focal point elsewhere. So if that was me, I'd be leading in my forward pack. I'd be going to market going, all right, we've got Papali'i, we've got Tarpany, we've got Hudson Young. Like Whitehead's solid, but he's probably not the player he was. Between getting Hudson under contract, do we like Gula? Is Mooney getting to where we want to? If not, is there a couple of guys we can get here and really load up like our 17 in our rotation? Yeah. And try to just pound the shit out of teams and be a power team that way. Or is there one key outside back we can bring in similar deal to strengthen up that side of things? So we're really good on the back end coming out of yardage. We're really good with the platform we lay and we're strong at our edges and our halves are just got to get us around the field. And maybe that turns us, keeps us as an eight team. Does it turn us into a premiership winning team? I don't know. But can we find another way to sort of focus the way we want to play? So if that's in the form of a million plus bucks, you know, Wilton, Teague Wilton's been the subject of eight or nine teams interest. They want another back row. Yeah. That's yeah, an option, yeah. you know. Do you, have you seen enough of Dodd to know enough? I thought Dodd was all right in that the World Club Challenge, yeah, but no, again, no. it's not a game that I can look at and go, I've seen enough of him. Not really, because you, you don't see St. Helens every week on... You know, do they want another power punch off their bench if they lost someone? Would they look at a guy like Royce Hunt, who they originally had in their lower grades and debuted, and where he's at at this point in time? Like, it's more... How do you reshape your team? I don't know. But it, it's a huge blow. But the thing I'm more interested That's about, and I don't want to get awkward about it for camera, but the relationship between him, Ricky, and how this all plays out for the rest of the year because essentially he's not a guy that's going to sign elsewhere and you're going to drop. But I don't no, know if I... this sort of deflates things or if everyone just gets on board and handles their business and tries to have a, a good finish to the year. It's certainly not going to... Like, I, I know if I was in Ricky's position, it'd be hard. 100%. And it's going to be really like hard. Like you said, he's really close to them and he wants him to stay and he's an emotional guy, as we know. So how this all gets handled, I'll be very interested also... to see, but... Just with the extracurricular stuff, like it going to the NRL and... Well, they're certainly making their feelings known, aren't they? They're not yeah. happy about it. But I think they... they've got every right to be unhappy about it. I know, I... but my, yeah. on my other side of this is we also complain a lot of time that guys take money or to stay somewhere and get comfortable. Clearly, I don't have a problem if it's for the right reasons and the money is what it is. If he's going generally to win a comp and he's taking less money, I'm all for it. Yeah. If that's the reason. And should Canberra be offended by that or would they take that by... I don't know how they feel about that, but essentially that best part of their window came and went. They made the grand final, they were in a couple of prelims, and you'd say at the moment, like they had a bit of a run at the back end of last year, but I still don't have them as a top 14. And I don't know, again, without a couple of drastic moves quickly, or someone emerging in another key spine position, if I'd say they are a top 14. 
in the next year or two. Yeah. But they need something to happen and fast. The field, the field will decide that. Mm. They need something to happen and fast. And clearly he doesn't feel that way because he's can next year and he's moving on. Mm. So um, we'll, we'll see how the rest of this plays out, I guess. But it's more that side of things and how the rest of the year plays out. I'm more interested in now how everybody handles it. Yeah, that's fair. It's going to be quite interesting for someone who's been the focal point for a long time of that team. But we move on again uh, to preview the round ahead. And let's look at the lineups. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. There's no one better than the true blue bookie. What are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Charity count, like I said, banked uh, another 120 plus. I think we're up to almost 588. So really good situation. And best bet on the app, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So fingers crossed I can keep that roll going. Uh, But the first game this week, kicking off tomorrow with a quick turnaround, is that rematch of that week one epic at Sharks-Cowboys. And it's at the prison again. There you go. So Cowboys come down off the back of a really tough win. Dogs, scrappy effort. Uh, but for them, they've got the same 17. They got the job done last week against the Bulldogs. Dale Finucan, one more week away. Uh, for Toddy Payton, he's stuck with the same squad as well uh, in terms of players available. Lukey is still a week or two away. Again, like I said, I haven't looked anything up, but heard nothing about Luciano's situation and when that's going to court or What's going to happen there? We know Tamalolo is going to be missing for a bit longer, so they've still definitely got some key outs in their forwards. But I think, again, at the prison and after what happened last year, I'll, I'll go with the Sharks. Yeah, me too. And I, I still think the Cows are a little bit undermanned in a few departments, but this is one of those ones, again, where you'd like to see the Sharks get it done, not like with a big score, but just get it done cleanly, a bit more competently, better defensive effort, just not in and out of the game. Yeah, They've been very patchy. And some of the wins they've had so far. And bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.27 are the Sharks. three eighty outside is the Cowboys. Ten and a half. The start you get there for them. The second game, Friday early game, is the Eels back at Combank against the Knights. And obviously a big blow uh, with Campbell Gillard, the man missing for an extended period of time. Sean Russell was also moved into the centres to cover for Bailey Simonson. Hayes Dunster comes back in on the wing. Rue McGregg will start in the front row, and Makahesi Makatoa is the new man on the bench for the Knights. Adam O'Brien stuck with the same 17. No surprise there from last week. Caelan Ponga, though, will come in to start, and Tyson Gamble goes back to the bench. I think this is a danger game for the Eels, if I'm being honest. Mm. Similarly, again... Um, I think they'll win, though. I've got the Eels. They haven't been the greatest, and I think Campbell Gillard... He's a bit of a blow. What are the benches? Who's he got? Cartwright, Hands, Dury, Makatoa. They've got Gamble, Safidi, Craig, Etherington. Who are you chipping, man? Uh, I'll go para, but I'm not confident. I, I don't mind Newcastle, but we'll see what happens. Can mate. I finish? Can I finish? Uh, the odds here with bluebet.com.au. The Eels are $1.40 favourite. Newcastle, two ninety five Outsiders, minus 7.5. The line there, if you like uh, the points, I think Newcastle can give them a bit of Barney Rubble. And the Friday night clash is a blockbuster. It's the Broncos up against South Sydney. And this one, like we said, a couple of changes. Oates sees Jesse Arthur's come back onto the wing with that knee injury. Jock Madden gets a crack at 5'8 with Mam suspended for a week. And Cannon Palacio replaces Payne Haas, who's also 
out for one week. For the Rabbitohs, Tola returns for the third time this season. Hopefully, hopefully goes more than one week. He's had wretched luck so far. That sees Harme Sello go back to the bench and Saluka Fafita back to 18th man. Liam Knight could return for his first game in New South Wales Cup since round 11 last year. And then wasn't it someone absolutely caved his leg and it was disgusting tackle, wasn't it, from memory in Cup? Yeah. He got um, cannonballed. Yeah, it was uh, against Parramatta. Yeah, he got that cannonball on him. was dreadful. Mm. Disgraceful. Uh, you know, I'm going to go... I'm going to get the bunnies. Yeah, me too. I think good win. Uh, similar sort of turnaround. I think Brisbane have been in a couple of games where they've obviously closed it out. but They've wobbled a bit, haven't they? Been a bit wobbly. I think this week they'll get the full force of South. I think not having Ezra Mam there is going to be... Definitely. That's a big out. Jock's solid, but Jock's definitely not the attacking threat that we see Mam as. Mam is everywhere. He's a good transition NRL player. Up and down. Bit well, of cut, bit of an arrow. I don't know if you'd agree, but I think the opinion I had of Mam last year was almost it was like a second coming of Cody Walker for Adam Reynolds in that spark sort of that he provides or the attack outside yeah. of what Reynolds does. Jock's not that sort of player. No. And the Haas minutes, I know they've got a good middle, but Haas is a huge out too. Massive. That's 60 to 65, couple offloads, dominant, you know, cleaning up rucks, chase it. There's a lot of stuff off the ball that he does that you don't see either. Mm. So um, going to be a bigger ask of Flegler this week and, Palacia, Jensen, there'll be more minutes between those guys. Probably the one I'd give more minutes to is Hetherington. I really like Hetherington in that middle. He's yeah. a good kind of clean-up player, but they're obviously going to be less impactful with that middle. Um, so I'm on South. What about yourself? You're on South as well? Yeah. Should be a cracker game, though. And bluebet.com.au, they agree. They've got South slight favourites at $1.80. $2 are the Broncos. Minus one and a half is the line there. And just as we talked about that man, Jack White, and off the buyer, they return... To the country. They're going to Wagga Wagga, McDonald's Park. They always take a game there every year. And uh, the Dolphins, one of the teams that was in for his services. There was a lot of talk that they wanted to sort it before the game. It would have been very interesting if he signed for the Dolphins mm. and then played against them. But in this one, in terms of changes, the Raiders have only got one change to the side that won in round seven, and that is Jordan Rapana returning from that savage head cut that he suffered. He slots in on the wing for Nick Kotrick, who's still out, and Xavier Savage, for the first time, is named in the reserves list. For the Dolphins, Kenny Bromwich is back from his one-game suspension. SESE moves to the bench. And Kurt Donahue goes to 18th man. And Milford is back amongst the reserves after his injury. I wouldn't be even thinking about playing him this week. I'd leave Nick Arima and Katawa. I think that's been working pretty well Yeah. so far. Um, they do their job. Kenny's named in the front row. Kenny, man. Kenny, man. The back end. That little shimmy shuffle that he likes to do with his feet, moving in the middle. He's stuck with Lemuelu and Felice. I don't have a problem with that. No. At this point in time. Uh, I reckon the Raiders will avenge the loss they had. I don't have a yeah, lot of I confidence. Raiders will win. But I think now that the, the weight's off Jack's shoulders and there'll be a few angry boys there and they're heading out country, they love heading out to Wagga Wagga. It's been a bit hit and miss. The results there over the years. They've had a couple of big wins. They've also had a couple of poor losses. But I think this week, off the bye, uh, they'll be ramped up and ready to go. Mm. So... On that side of things, bluebet.com.au agrees. Also, $1.58 are the Raiders. Two thirty-five for the Dolphins. Minus four and a half is the line there. 5.30 Saturday game at Four Pines. Do we get a repeat of the Mudgy Massacre? I hope not. It is Manly up against your Titans. And for now, Tommy Trevojevic has been named, but he'll have to pass a fitness test in order to play. Christian Tuipolotu returns from an injury. That's a big in. Ruben Garrick moves into the centres to replace Brad Parker. Cooper Johns takes over 
from Josh Schuster. Kelma Tuolagi's back from uh, his head knock, so he's in the back row. Bullymore back to the bench, and Carl Lawton has also been named. So plenty of changes there. And Aaron Woods back to 18th man. So has he punted Schuster altogether? Yep, Schuster's gone. So sort of thought he didn't have the greatest game last week, so I don't know if that's an injury or what the game is, but he's out. Yeah. So interesting, a lot of change. Tuolagi back in obviously helps on an attacking point of view. He's probably going to tighten up his D. I don't have a problem with Garrett going into the centres to get Tuipolotti back in. Certainly helps out their yardage game. Uh, I guess the other point of interest is, again, if something does happen late with Tom, the reshuffle, would they look to put someone else in the centres? Who did they name? To get be, yeah, Garrick back Garrick to fullback, Garrick or would you put Weeks straight in the one and leave Garrick there? Is, is Weeks in the squad? Weeks is 19, but they don't have another centre. So if they move Garrick, what's your reshuffle? Weeks played full game with us on the weekend at one. Well, if so. that's, he come through as a one. So that's why I sort of think, to me, that's the best position to sort of put him. And he gives you a ball playing option too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's the less disturbing but, thing. But again, I'm not digging into what you already know, but that's just my opinion. No, you're not. But what I'm saying is that like they were mindful of that. Yeah. Mindful of what's going to happen. What's his with, best position? But also, you know, if Tom gets injured or if Tom goes Garrick's to Origin or whatever, like you're going to have to have... Yeah. Garrick's obviously getting his minutes up. I think they're missing... For of weeks, like he's a fullback, he's going on at nine. Well, what are they? They're they a week... To top their minutes up a little bit. They're a week or two away from... Is it round 10? After round 10, you can use development players. So the only other real option they've got in cut right now would be Fletcher Myers, wouldn't it? He's a centre. Yeah, but is he in the top 30? No, he's development, that's what I'm saying. So he's not available until after round 10, I think. But there's no one else to really reach for at this point in time. None of your other OBs are manly contracted, are they? Uh, no, well, Ray Vega's out. He's, he's out suspended. for another week. So, well, okay, maybe in a week he could go there and they could reshuffle again. But yeah, the outside backs have certainly been an issue so far in terms of depth. Yeah. Or shuffling, but on your side of things with the Titans, Jojo Jafita has been named in the centres, semi on the wing. That happened last week in game, despite the numbers they wore. Cleese Haas and Joe Verna have been added to the bench. He's dropped Clarus Leeming and Thomas McKayley. So, spoke in the press conference that he was going to make some changes. I don't think they're the biggest changes of all time, but. Well, you've got to have. Interesting. To come in. So, he's got Campbell and Clark on the bench, so you've got a utility. Nine and a utility OB, so I'm assuming one of them plays some minutes for Randall, and then you've got two middles. Mm. So obviously big minutes for Mo and Tino, which we come to expect. But yeah, you just don't want to get caught out when you got those two utilities and overcooking anyone. That's your only issue. Yeah, uh, cause it's at four pines. I'll go with Manly. But yeah, I'll, I'll go Manly. Who knows? With the this will be a point fest, I reckon. No idea. Five thirty. No I reckon. idea. Man. I reckon there'll be a squillion points. These two like getting a bit loose. If it was the three o'clock game, I definitely think it'd be a squillion. But actually, mind you, I don't know what the weather's like, but I think I saw the other day that Saturday was supposed to be like 20 mil. So it could be an absolute shit fight too. Mm. So it could be an error fest. I don't know. But low confidence, uh, I'll stick with Manly. They've defended better than the Titans at this point. Bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.45 are the Eagles. Two seventy five for the Titans. Six and a half is the start there. And things wrap up on Saturday night. With the grudge match, with the kiddies, it's the Panthers up against the Tigers. The Pasco Cup, or the Cleary Cup, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, for the Panthers, Taruba has been named despite that ankle, so we'll have to wait and see 
what happens there. Tyron Peachy into the centers for Isaac Tungo. I didn't know he was injured, so there you go. He's out, and the youngsters, Tom Jenkins and Liam Henry, among the reserves. So Jenkins, obviously, there. Probably his cover for Taruva if he's not fit. Yeah. But Peach into the centers, that's a change I certainly wasn't expecting. For the Tigers, Nofaluma is back for his first game. Since round three, he takes the place of Charlie Staines. Brent Naden's back from his collarbone. So Asu Kapoa makes way. And Matamua, who performed strongly last week in Cup, is in 18th man. So lots of ins and outs again and shuffling of the cards. Buller, second game at fullback. He stuck with Wakeham and Brooks. And Laurie is also, again, in that extended squad, but in the 20s. So I don't know. Uh, those changes for Penrith... They don't really bother me too much, so that would mean Peachy would be on the left side, which last week was Stafford Toa he'd marking up on. Yeah. Um, probably not as quick as he once was, Peachy, but uh, I still have more confidence in Penrith, obviously, especially yeah. defensively. And if that attack that we saw last week is the same attack that they dish up, considering I think they you know, they certainly don't struggle to move upfield the Tigers. They get plenty of good meterage and roll, but what they do inside the 20s is, like we said, what's been killing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's at Penrith. Oh, sorry, this is the Bathurst game. There you go. So, Wagga and Bathurst, two games this week. Going country. A few country games. Uh, I'll go the Panthers. Yeah, no doubt. Until the Tigers prove us otherwise. But they always seem to play the Panthers strong. There's a bit of hate between these two, but zero it's confidence. Hate, there is a bit They're not happy, especially Pascoe, when Ivan and the way he left them. He got off the bus, mate, as they like to say. Mm. Uh, the odds here. Huge with bluebet.com.au. $1.10 are the Panthers, $7 for the Tigers, 18 and a half start. If you've got any confidence that they'll show up and put in a bit of fight. And the Sunday game, the Warriors go back to Mount Smart Stadium to play against the Roosters, like we said, both off the Anzac Day game. Uh, huge changes for the Warriors. Harris out, like we said, with a knee. Charns with a head knock. Jazz with that Achilles. They're all been ruled out. So Dylan Walker, apparently. Facing a two to three match ban for that head slam or dangerous contact, they've judged it. What? Unless he can beat the charge, two to three weeks. That's ridiculous. They've charged him. So I was wondering about that. I haven't seen any of the judiciary charges. That is yet. ridiculous. Uh, it's so ridiculous. They've got Volkman in the reserve, so he would likely be the automatic replacement if that's the case. But for now, Tain Tulpiki is gone into fullback. No surprises there. Uh, and the other changes, Wade Egan returns, Viliami Valea returns, and Bunty Afar moves from the bench to start at prop. Josh Curran is the new lock, so it's a fair reshuffle on their side of things. Valea on the bench, Ale, Sirinan, Lusik, and yeah, reshuffle. Yeah, but you're asking them to name a team. Yeah, I know, but I'm looking at the reserves, so Sifakula, the young lock, Volkman will probably come in if Walker is gone. Ali Lawataya, the centre. They're probably not going to be calling on him with the centres they've got at this point in time. Kalani going and Zaya Ma'u's in the middle. So uh, I, I guess the Valaya on the bench one is the one that probably surprises me with what they've got there unless they've got some doubt yeah. on anybody. I'd probably rather go with another forward. So whether that is in the form of a Sifa Cooler or give a Ma'u a debut, I, I don't know. Mm. But on the Rooster side of things... Tupo is the only one who goes out in terms of injury. Uh, Nat Butcher returns from suspension. Angus Crichton goes back to the interchange for his second game for that reason. Nafahu White drops to the reserves, and Corey Allen gets back in on the wing for that injury that we just talked about. Nathan Brown for the second week in a row 
is amongst the reserves. I'd love to tip the Warriors, but I just think Roosters. those injuries and then the possible suspension and another late change. Oh, I just got no confidence in the way the Roosters are playing that. Yeah. I, I still honestly Me think... Me It's more just the unsettled nature of the Warriors. Yeah, I know, but every week, even though they've had that, I still think they've delivered, but their bench, yeah. is, their bench is looking very skinny now. Last six or nine, Sirenin's like a utility edge. Arley's a middle and Vallejo's a centre winger. Mm. So if, unless they roll another middle in and then just have huge minutes through what they've got, which unfortunately, you know, Bunty's not going to play big minutes. Adnan will play 60 if you need him to. Curran will play good minutes, but I think it's more the rotation that worries me now. Mm. The Roosters have been ordinary, let's be fair, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Roosters, but I, they're not going to have it all their own way. I think this should be similar to the last game and they'll have even more confidence, but they've got less troops. But they will give them all they can handle. And bluebet.com.au have it as the Roosters at $1.45. The Warriors, two seventy-five, seven and a half is the line there. And the last game of the round, Dogs up against the Dragons at Wynn Stadium where they just win, win, win. Whiskey in November, ladies and gentlemen. Max Fiano, twin brother of Matt, comes on the wing to replace Tautau Monga, who is out with that shoulder injury. Mick Mola has been named to start despite... Uh, the head knock from last week, so he obviously must have passed. And Anthony Griffin has named an unchanged interchange. Zane Musgrove is again 18th man for the Bulldogs. We literally talked about it before. Kyle Flanning is out, but not for who we thought. For now, that is. Mm. But he's uh, out of the side. Josh Reynolds has been named in the six, which I just don't understand. I, to me, that's just wasting time. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. But you've signed him last minute for 12 months to plug in and help kids, sure, but. Even in this sort of rough patch, I just don't see the upside to giving him games or those minutes. I think those minutes are better off going somewhere else. Yeah, That's just my opinion. As a 14, great. you got natural cover, but to actually start him, yeah. I know he's going to run and he'll try to provide that spark, this, that, and the other, but I also think someone with his sort of energy and the way he gets into a game where he gets a bit of nos and gets a bit excited, it could overwhelm Burton a bit and maybe put him back in his shell, which worries me a little bit. But a few other changes. Andrew Davey is out. Curtis Moran and Sam Hughes joined the bench. Farmanu Brown is in the reserves after that dislocated elbow. And Kyle Oloapu is also in the reserves. He has been for multiple weeks now. So unless there's a late change there, say with him coming in and a Moran or someone else going off the bench, like their bench at the moment, you've got Moran who plays like edge middle, Ockenbaugh who they've been using more as an edge or a middle or an OB. Hughes is a middle, Sutton's a middle. So it's a very heavy forward bench yeah so my only other vision is if Oluapu was either bench or started at six late and Reynolds goes back or vice versa yeah because I don't know if you want to carry four forwards like that fair enough you would agree probably mm. um, the other option there was pretty obvious as well I really like New Brown would be New Brown's late inclusion one of those middles drops out and they've got natural nine sort of cover six cover someone that could plug a couple yeah. of times but uh, again from what I've seen I think this will be a tough game. The Dogs certainly won't roll over, but Dragons that win, they always seem to do just that, win. Mm. So I'll go there with not a lot of confidence, but I'm going to go with the Dragons. Me too. Would love to see, similar to what we said last week, that second half. Second phase, good early ball, give Sloan those options if you roll off the middle, whether he wants to run, pass, uh, and how he wants to do things. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, what edge is Burton? Burton left? Left, yeah. So he'll be on that edge where they were swinging last week. He's obviously probably got a little bit more toe than Kiri at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but got no doubt they'll be 
doing it again where they he rolls down that edge and tries to either give Sewell the early ball or, you know, use his speed to create numbers. But the odds on this one, the Dragons with bluebet.com.au, $1.72 favourite. The Doggies, two ten minus two and a half is the line there. And in terms of any differences, we've tipped an identical round. And last week, we both got five. There you go, mate. So, not sure on a charity bet yet or a best bet, but I'll figure that out quickly because we've only got one day turnaround. Um, and in terms of any changes in any other markets, it's been a few weeks. The premiership market with bluebet.com.au. Penrith, still the favorite at $4. The Roosters and Souths are second line of betting at 6 Broncos now into seven. Storm eight. Sharks are ten, and then after that it sort of starts to blow out. You've got Manly at fifteen, Para twenty six, Dolphins twenty six, Warriors at thirty four. Um, yeah, I'd find it hard at the moment to sort of talk outside that top five or six. Uh, it's obviously like we said a very very close competition, but in terms of those markets, and then your other ones, I guess like we spoke about the other week, to miss the top eight or to make the top eight for teams that have started. Well or poorly. Cowboys won that obviously a lot of people were on. They're now $4 to make the eight. So if you think they can turn it around and navigate their way in somehow, there's a bit of value there. The Dolphins still $2.15 despite... $4 starting. is ridiculous. Odds. That's it's great huge. Odds. That's what I thought. Uh, you've got the Warriors who have now into $2 to make the eight. So you still get, you know, double your return if you're interested in going like that. They're probably some of the markets there on teams... Um, that you got on the outside and, and all that top-heavy end like we expected. Panthers, Broncos, South Storm, Rooster, Sharks, they're all 05, 10, 15, 18, 30. They're all pretty much not penciled in, but bookies are very confident Yeah, at Bluebet, obviously, that they're going to be the ones in. Uh, the Penrith Hattrick, the odds have changed on that one, I think, from the way it started to win three comps in a row. That's now $4. So I still don't think I'd be touching that with a 10-foot pole at this point, Tom. Nah, I don't want to play uh, that would be a hell of an effort if that was to be the case. There's no doubt about it. A little bit of value. Well, probably not any value. You'd be better off just going to head-to-head. The region winner, which New South Wales has the most teams, it's always the favourite. Or if you liked any other region, which is Canberra, Storm, and Warriors at fives. But the Queensland region, $6. That's just the odds for Brisbane to win anyway, which at this point, if you're going to do that, you just back Brisbane on their own. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Futures markets, no surprise about the premiership market and where it is. What, and what price was Brisbane? What price was Queensland? To win the comp. Brisbane's seven to win the comp, yeah, sorry. What the was the Queensland, Queensland region? region is $6. I'd back Queensland region. You get the Cowboys thrown in there as well. Mm. So if they made a late run, got some players back. For the sake of a dollar. Got healthy. Um, the other region isn't that bad. Like I know Canberra's not looking crash right at the moment, but if they found their way in, Storm were playing good football and the Warriors there, you'd have three chances in the finals. Yeah, I guess I'd more look at it that way if you're going to take those two markets. How many Queensland teams or how many of the other region teams do you think will make the finals? If you think all three other teams can get in at five, you get a collective of the Storm, Warriors, and Raiders, which, again, I'm not so confident, and similar for the Queensland one. If you take it at six, you're basically saying you think Cowboys, Broncos, going to give you two shots. Yeah. Anything else, mate? That's right, I've got for you, mate. No shows, no pods, no nothing this week you've been looking at? No. I started Yellowstone. It was good. I like it. I've started Succession as well. I watched the golf one actually this week. Full swing. Full swing. I like yeah, full, full swing. swing. Yeah. I don't know if anyone out there has been on the Yellowstone bandwagon like Brock's told me a hundred times. I'm, I'm impressed so far. I've watched two episodes. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Succession's been a bit more of a slower burn. I've liked it. My partner hasn't laughed as much as me. We're going to watch the second or start the second season of Your Honor tonight. 
Well, see, I wanted to, and again... Have you seen the first season? Yeah. yeah. But Case jumped off. She hated it. The finish, I was like, well, I liked it. She needs to pull out So in. I'm going to have to watch that one on my own. Tell you what we did watch. You want a random one for anybody out there? I don't know if anyone's got uh, Amazon Prime. Sitting there the other day, just because my TV had an update and I had to re-log into everything, they have a show called Jury Duty, and it's got like real actors in it and some part-time actors. It's a fake court case, and there's one guy who has no idea that it's fake. And there's just a whole bunch of shit going on. So they've essentially cooked it up, gone in. Yeah, right. And I watched the first episode. It is some of the weirdest and funniest shit I've ever seen. Ah. And this bloke is just absolutely clueless. Some of the things that happen, I'm just like, surely you've cotton on. There's way too many cameras around for what's a court case. And this, it's the most American thing you ever watch. The bloke has fucking no clue. That's great. But I watched it. It was like only 25-minute, 26-minute episodes. I was like, not going to binge it, but I think it's something every so often I'll sit there and have a look at and just laugh at Okay, but man. the first one was, yeah. Like, this one bloke who stands up, and they're like, well, why can't you be on the jury? And he's like, I'm racist. And there's, like, all sorts of different cool. people on the panel. They all turn around and look at him. Some of like, sit in the room like, wow. Because he suggested the idea. He was like, what are some ideas that people use to get out of jury duty? He's like, well, I've seen Peter Griffin on Family Guy say that he was a racist. So old mate uses it and is about to blame him in the court. And you see Jesus. his face like, don't point at me. Mm. Don't point at me. I'm just like, wow. But, yeah, this bloke had done the wiser. So, wow. Standard American TV, completely fucking weird. Wow. But he has no idea. So, there you go. Uh, nothing else, mate? Who you got this weekend for Cup? Where I've, you at? Got a buy. You got a buy? There you go. Week off. Yep. Not bad timing? No, it's not. It's Good points. So, rolling into city country next week. So, yep. I'll be in camp for that. So, that was so. the rep fixture you were part of last year? Yeah, I was the assistant coach last year and then. Um, I was asked to take over as head coach this year. So, so when do you pick your team? Or you, I know you're in the process of... In the process of doing that now, and we'll announce it formally on Monday or Tuesday. Just There'll be a few guys that are potentially playing cup that Health weekend. Or cup. I've yep. got no idea why they're playing cup that weekend. It's on Magic, Magic Round. Magic Round. Last year, they didn't play cup. They had to play one washout fixture that weekend. It just makes it extremely difficult to pick a team when... Yeah, you could potentially have half the team go out because they're in New South Wales Cup. Yeah. So and you, you think that Cup are going to have to draw a few because everyone's going to be in Queensland for Magic take Round. So, so Massey's going to... Yeah, whether they send effect. them back to play Cup once well, they've done their captain's run or... Well, no offence on this. It sort of defeats the purpose of having the fixture if they're going to do it because they're essentially stitching the city side up against the country, lads. Because all are. those competitions aren't affected Correct. in that regard. So, Correct. And I, I know for a fact, as you know, a couple of my old roommates are out in the country. There's some pretty handy players that are out there that have gone home not because of ability but because of cash and living situation and that so we'll put it this way they've they've given us basically no chance to win the game well that's what I'm basically trying to get at because mm. I know a lot of my mates that are out there so, that are we'll well and truly capable of still playing couple higher but they're, um, they're not affected by it obviously I'm certainly not approaching it that way but that's no um, but if you pick half your team and they basically say they're not available it's going to make it difficult it's going to make it very difficult but we'll get people in there who want to play and we'll yeah. give it a crack well there you go that wraps us up for this week. Quick turnaround footy straight back on the television tomorrow night. Uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully another crack around. Only, like you said, a week away from Magic Round and not far off the origin period. We're almost at the halfway point of the season, which is crazy. But thank you to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. Thank you to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith. Let Toby and the team get you moving there. Sinclair, Hyundai.com.au. And thank you. To the Penrith Solar Centre, Jake and the team there, 1800 20 
penrithsolid.com.au. Visit the showroom on Bat Street, 130A in Jamison Town. It's absolutely outstanding. There's no one better to get you a system. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.